What the fuck has happened to Juice Robinson? Has he even been on AEW since he got signed? No, I don't know what's happened there, man. I I know that Juice, biggest thing Juice had was he just got so sick of the, he just couldn't handle the clap crowds. He, that's literally yeah. the, the shoot this reason is that he just, he can't handle not being able to like do the high five or whatever. And he went heel with an idea of like, go heel and then you'll be anti clap crowd or whatever. But he's like, yeah, but now I can't hear him boo. <laughs> it's even worse. It's yeah. like, um, he's had the one show. I think he's an ROH guy. I think that's kind of the thing. And I mean, it's probably an area to talk to is that um, Tony Khan has said that they're not announcing whatever this ROH thing is that we're waiting post Wrestle Kingdom. So I have a feeling that ROH is going to return to being the partner with New Japan. And that's going to be the, because they, they're going back to Honor Club. Like he's, he, he hasn't been able to secure a TV deal for Ring of Honor. So they're going back to the old streaming thing that they used to have. Yeah. And they're talking about well, being, yeah, but they're talking about being 10 bucks a month, but you don't get pay-per-views. You have to buy the pay-per-views on top of that. And that's not great. So how do you, yeah. but how do you incentivize people to pay 10 bucks a month for what is essentially a YouTube show that you'll be getting weekly? You know, like you'll be getting like yeah. an AW dark for Ring of Honor. So people are speculating that you'll get New Japan Strong is going to be part of that, that they'll New Japan of America will become sort of, they'll do a sort of a blending with Ring of Honor and for distribution and that that's how they'll do it. And that they'll they'll put New Japan's sort of American based stuff through the Ring of Honor partnership like it used to be. Yeah. Um and that's kind of speculation that we're waiting post January fourth to announce that. Um so because it otherwise it's a terrible move from to pay for Ring of Honor and go back to Honor Club and then charge people fifty bucks for you know, three or four pay views as well on top of that. I don't think people would do it. I just, I just don't see the incentive. Why would you pay to watch Ring of Honor? Like, it just doesn't make sense because Ring of Honor is a second product to AEW. You know, it yeah. seems odd unless you can somehow get New Japan stars on there, on the well, platform. Could, I mean, you could see Ring of Honor guys in the Rambo. I think you could. I think you could for sure. Dalton. I don't know. It's it's he's fallen off the face of the earth. Um, has yeah, has yeah. juice. Um, you know, he's in the Ring of Honor pay per view wrestling. Um, so my Joey had he had good gear. I liked his gear. He went with um sort of like he went with short boys, um, and still had the Bullet Club branding. And they 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 had another song for him. It was not good. And um, I don't know if he if he's decided that you know he wants to wrestle stateside more often. Then I think again it'll be next man up in in uh, in Bullet Club. I'd imagine. Okay. Sorry, that took me so long. I had a bird in the house. A euphemism. <laughs> Beats two in the bush. Just when you thought we were done. Christmas is done. New Year's is about to be here, so crack some beers. It's time for fun. That all rhymed perfectly. Mm. Did. We are breaking down what is going to be happening at this year's Wrestle Kingdom X7, the greatest number in any wrestling format. 17, the X followed by the 7. It is truly going to be wrestling heaven. As always, you have the tripod to walk you through, hold your hand, and make you understand. I am the Ravishing Red Rude. And as always, I am joined over yonder by the token war pimp himself. Mumble Bob, he is 
the Doctor of Devastation and Hair Care, <laughs> Dr. Dave Pruden. The Doctor of Devastating Hair Care. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy Wrestle Kingdom. And as always, making the magic happen in every facet of the word orifice <laughs> in every yeah. orifice of the word yeah. it is he is the king of his dog style and a Indeed, very yeah. happy birthday to him in a couple of days is dr julius the chocolate mouse himself josh Crichton. oh oh very serious there with the put the emphasis on the doctor um, and we are we work stiff and these two are going to be dropping all the storylines and the gossip of what's going to be happening and i'm just going to be talking about how excited i am for all the matches mm. you get no premonitions or conspiracy stuff from me you just you just get matches you just get matches from me these two bring the thunder of the conspiracies and the what does this mean the gift is here red's bringing these premonitions apparently <laughs> gather around i have been having premonitions i don't i don't know if it is a, if it does for come you, true. You were having a bushy premonitions. I have been having a bushy premonitions. I've been waking up a couple, like a lot of mornings lately, just to his theme song in my head, and I'm like, "What does that mean?" Okay, this is. Uh, I was looking at this card today, and I'm. I said we're going from bottom to. And honestly, honestly, you couldn't get more of a power bottom than where we're starting. Um. So as I said, we're going to go through a preview of this from sort of match by match some matches obviously don't have a lot of story but there's an opportunity for questions we have a lot of listener questions from twitter and uh from the discord so obviously uh both of those are connected you can find us on twitter at we work stiff at we work stiff on twitter if you want to jump in on the discord uh send me a dm on twitter uh like motobo did this week and jumped into the discord um it's pretty simple to do um, dms are open please be gentle um and or, or don't yeah, well yeah look <laughs> i get all manner of uh feedback a feedback is always welcome uh on on twitter um but yeah so uh we have helped to sort of structure the show through the card and some questions and some topics that we have been following and tracking now what's really great is a lot of our siffies out there our listeners have been tracking very similar stories as us so a lot of the questions are in those sort of areas um, sort of exploring some of those things because a couple of our, you know, conspiracy, big picture conspiracy booking things we've been talking about are starting to look somewhat possible, which is always great when that's heading in that direction. So if the questions are in those spaces, but for the places where we don't necessarily have a lot of questions, we'll just continue to explore some of the topics that we've been following this whole uh, year as we've tracked along New Japan. For, for obviously for new fans that are jumping in for Wrestle Kingdom for you know, jumping back onto New Japan, this is an opportunity, uh, hopefully, if you're keen on story and character, that we sort of cover that. So that's an opportunity to jump back in with us, as I said before, grab a hold of the meat or, you know, the juice and hang in there um, because I think there's opportunities for, yeah, finding something really meaty in terms of the stories that are, that are going to come out of Wrestle Kingdom. Because this year, of, of all years, Wrestle Kingdom sort of serves in a bit of a different function, I think. So if you're jumping back in, it's a great time to jump back in. And if you want to jump back in, jump back in. Stiff boys is always a, you know, I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good bet. You know, we're 
we're nice and friendly. We're fun. We're wholesome. Yeah. We're the wholesome boys. So you want to hang out with the wholesome boys? Um, that's I think Wrestle Kingdom will hold your hand, as Red said, and jump in the mouth of the wrestling serpent. Um, so that's a reference that only Dave and I will get, which is great. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, I let's... got it too, but I have my own version of what it means. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you've heard it a bunch. You're like, what the hell are they talking? I don't about? have to be included in that. <laughs> no, no, it's such a rare. It's it is the most random inside reference. Let's let's just kick this off the way that Wrestle Kingdom is going to kick off. Um, so it's starting with an opening match. This is so good. I'm just so excited. Uh, opening match is Roy Hay. Or Roy, how do you say his name? Oiwa, but his first Oiwa. name Roy Hay. Roy Hay. Oiwa. Roy Hay. That's a great name. Roy Hay. Roy Hay. Roy Hay. Oiwa. Roy Hay, Oiwa. Like a lot of someone yelling out someone to come over. Roy. Roy Hay. Oiwa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to become a, the crowd. He has to be a babyface, right? His name is the most chantable possible. In fact, his entire name sounds like something you'd probably hear in Australia. Roy, Oiwa, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is literally it. Um, well, he's going to get called over this time by Oleg Bolton, uh, making his debut in New Japan as a young boy in an exhibition match as the opening match. Um, there is nothing boy about Oleg. No, no. Um, this is going to be something very interesting. Obviously, uh, before we get into it, I've got a question here from Twitter uh, that I figure might as well answer as we talk about Wrestle Kingdom in general. Uh, from Rick Othen at Rick Othen 22 uh, Is the event being socially distanced now that cheering is allowed again instead of the awful clap crowd? So obviously new fans coming back in. Clap crowds did a number on most New Japan fans that were watching. Obviously, it's a very tough period i mean i was there for the no crowds so the clap crowds were like oh we've got something for the return to something and then they just stayed um and so just as a general point to to make mention this is going to be a cheering event and what's interesting about what new japan has actually done is it's not socially distanced it's, it's no different to previous situations what's actually happened is they went to the government and they got a clarification on what cheering this is Prepare for a look inside the mind of the Japanese government here. We're going to bureaucrat corner, but they went to the government and they they asked for a clarification on what cheering meant, what the definition of cheering was, and they got a they got a definition that it was prolonged like singing and chanting, and so they then showed the government that most of their cheering lasts ten to twenty seconds at most. You know, like it's a, a like a thing, which was then defined as not being loud cheering. Thus they've been able in essence to allow cheering at these shows because they have redefined what cheering means and in a pro wrestling context, cheering out a name randomly or going, you know, doing a clap and then putting a chant in is not considered that what essentially the government's trying to stop is like singing along to music for 40 seconds or something. So you can even do, um, Kaze Nino, right? You can do that. You can do each Nissan da, you can do that because that's essentially what they wanted to make sure they could do, which is not spoiling the main event. I think maybe it was, and that's why Jay's now incorporated it into his thing, but yeah, they wanted to make sure that that was possible. For it. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to make sure that chant was possible as well. So they just, they, they clarified it and it basically means that we're open for business in terms of that. Obviously some places will not allow it still. Some um, prefectures, some venues will not allow cheering. It's just a, as a rule, but as a general rule now moving forward, 
cheering is back on the table in, in pro wrestling context in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and to by extension, um, the rest of of um, Japanese pro wrestling, thanks to New Japan sort of advocacy in that space. There's obviously cheering sections, and that's still being set up because they want to make sure people are comfortable and non cheering. They just, you know, it's 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 moving towards that, but they recognise how important cheering is going to be. Um, at this show, especially again, if people are seeing New Japan for the first time in, in a long time, it is a very big step. You know, we saw it when cheering was allowed back in Corrigan's, and then when it wasn't, it's a noticeable difference, and it's a tricky, you know, it's a tricky space to navigate. But from Wrestle Kingdom moving forward, this will be the baseline standard of ex- expectation that cheering will be expected, and the aberrant ones will be the clap crowds, as opposed to what we've had the last couple of months. So there's a chance we'll get Oleg chance. It's, it's possible we'll get the Boltons. Yeah. Um, it, and that's what I was putting it there because I, I just didn't, I, you know, I put it there and said, you know, it's going to be the first match where people can cheer. And you've got to say some chance to the rest of us, Bolton. You know, once Oleg comes out, you know, the pop that he's going to get, superstar pop, everyone's going to be chasing that Oleg pop, you know, like <laughs> he's going to get oohs and ahs. I'm telling you, just yeah. people are going to look and go, oh, like, Kind of wish we were in the clap crowd era just so you get the you could break the the sound barrier you know he's one of those guys you know like <laughs> people just go like oh they can't help themselves you know um so anyway now that we've established that the wrestle kingdom will be a cheering event um what are our thoughts on this uh debut match oiwa versus oleg i think it's a good matchup for first match for oleg because Oiwa to me is, I don't know, you could say it about probably all of the the uh, the current crop of young boys that they all have that. There's something, there seems to be something special about them, much like the previous class. Um, and Oiwa stands out for me. Uh, I think he's just kind of got that, I don't know, that Okada slash Tanahashi feel about him and he's only you know, like super young in it it just seems to get it uh and he's already he's kind of like got that you know like some guys when they come in they're maybe a little light or they're a little sort of sloppy physically or whatever but this year's crop they all seem to be in pretty great shape mm. um he looks like he just stepped right in and then to go against Oleg, I feel like there's clearly they see something in Oleg to put him in there with Oiwa in a one-on-one match rather than a tag match. Also on Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> His debut's on Wrestle Kingdom. To open Wrestle Kingdom. So, like, he may not win, but I get the feeling that they're like, well, he's going to show something that's pretty special. And so we want to feature that. And to do that against Oiwa up first will then quickly catch him up to the rest of the crop mm. because you know vegeta's not getting a match no no first on wrestle kingdom um you know the big german's not getting that match Noob. you know so there's guys who have missed out on that spot so clearly it's like we are featuring this there i mean if you look to how new japan likes to start stories from the onset Offering the underlegs right in his history straight away, isn't he? Yeah. I absolutely couldn't agree more. I'm so any debut is cool, but a debut at Wrestle Kingdom, it just has like this really cool feeling to it to like, you know, be the curtain jerker and everything. I think it's going to be 
really super exciting and very cool. Like any, like I said, any debut is cool, but the fact that it's at Wrestle Kingdom and it's going to be Oiwa, so big fan of Oiwa. And I don't know much about Oleg, so it's yeah, going to be really cool to sort of be introduced to what these guys can do. But like I said, I'm just really excited for any kind of a debut, but a debut at Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I'm most keen for. I was thinking about it because obviously Fujita is my, you know, that's my boy. Um, so we were getting the support. It's like, ah, oh. but it was interesting because Fujita got a match at the last year at the crossover. He got the singles match at the crossover show last year. So it's interesting to see these two, you get the feeling like these two might, Oiwa and Fujita might just be fighting it out for the rest of their careers in terms of who's going to get the, the top spot, um, which you always like to see in New Japan. Those stories are great. Um, but for Oiwa, I think his progression has been, he's got this weird dorky baby face energy. That's really interesting that he's just sort of being able to craft when he, when you're a young boy, it can often be really tricky because you come off kind of looking awkward or a bit out of place. But over time, he's sort of figured out he's sort of, he's going to be very popular. Oleg on the other hand is like, they have something here that is like, we're talking about the monster role and like how they're going to, they've got they've got one they've got how do you how do you book this because you i don't exactly how do you like thinking about this match it, the more i think about it the more i think i mean that could have been that could be oiwa and fujita in that spot yeah like, and that would make sense no one would be upset about that everyone would be like oh that's a great opening match you know those two like you said clearly going to be so they, they've earned the right yep tell a story between each other over the next fucking god knows how many years mm. And then they've put the guy in there, the debut guy, that they've really not said much about for a long period of time. No. And I would only know about him because you're like, Dave, you need to have a look at this Kazakhstani Shrek <laughs> who they've signed. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I thought it was going to be... How many years ago was that too, Dave? Like I've been... The... I was a... Yeah. That was a little while back where I'm like, this guy's a shooter. Check this guy out. And... Uh... You know, you see, it's almost like there's already, for anyone who knows, there's already a mystique around this dude. So, I mean, what if he comes in and he fucking squashes oil? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's so many different ways you could play it. We could give him and, the Kitamura booking where he just and he's destroys off, the young boys. Yeah, he's come off, um, you know, amateur world level competition. Yeah, I, I checked he came fifth. Yeah, at the worlds. Uh, so you can speak Japanese. Yeah, he's been on Yuji Nagata's team in Japan for three years. Because Kazakhstani, fucking amateur wrestler who speaks Japanese. Yeah. Like <laughs> what? What is that? <laughs> that is something we have not seen. That is Oleg, the third leg. The only leg. <laughs> Uh, the anticipation alone could have a really electrifying energy and set the tone because Wrestle Kingdom already has a presence about it when you're watching it live, uh, even if you're watching it afterwards. But having these two guys, and I know nothing about Oleg, but based off what you guys just said then, I'm keen. I want to see this man mountain. And have you, have you seen him? No. No, like I said, I don't Holy know shit. I know nothing about him at all. So it's even just from hearing you guys talk about it just now, I'm thinking in my head it's, it's going to have a very electric and exciting sort of feel to it and it might turn into a squash like i said i don't know i haven't seen this other guy but who knows who knows i mean they'll, they'll probably they'll, they'll i mean the classic new japan booking will be 
Oh, they'll open it up with a banger, I would have thought. Yeah. Well, the idea is the young boy's going to go out there and try to show their stuff. And though, and, but, but Oiwa is his senior by like two years. So, like, it would be the traditional way to go would be, you know, Ole gets stuff in, but he makes a mistake. And the senior who's learnt more in the dojo gets him. Like, that would be the thinking. However, yeah. I mean, what I think might happen is they might put Oiwa in there because Oiwa was a wrestler. Like, he was a college wrestler. So it might be if it's your first match in there, they might start rolling. And which would be sick. Keep in mind on his Instagram profile at the moment, he has four thousand five hundred and ten followers. Uh watch that change. Mm. Uh, oh, he's I'm gonna trying... be. He he honestly looks like a Kazakhstani Shrek. Yeah. Oh, he's got Brock Lesnar vibes. Oh, yeah, he does. And he's a legit, legit shooter who's been training with Yuji Nagata. Again, not in the dojo, but as a wrestler. So he's got all the New Japan sort of um, dojo kind of traits because he's been doing that within Yuji's actual shoot faction. Because Yuji has a shoot amateur wrestling team as well. And so he's been in that group and he's been the star of that. Um, And now he's... Ready. I mean, he, he was introduced to the crowd a couple of like a couple of months back, and that was it. And then you'd seen him like once on this like outside of ring. We saw him once, like oh my god, it's an Oleg sighting. But you can't. They haven't put him out there again. And I, I would imagine like again, if Suzuki or Lance Archer's walking around, like Oleg's not selling that. Like it's he's like like you know. Um. So I think he's just being protected as this sort of mystery kind of and. This year, uh, I think New Japan announced that they're not going to be having people walk out to the dugouts in the in the pre-show. They're going to be coming down the ramp. So Oleg is going to make his triumphant debut. And for people like me, I mean, I've I've been just salivating at this because I just think there's nothing I love more than a full-on freak show coming into pro wrestling. And we we had it with the late great Kitamura, who we were like, this guy is going to be something, yeah. you know, um, and he just looked like something. And diversity in pro wrestling is really a good thing. And it's ironic, but in the past, you know, we used to sort of lament, people would lament the 80s and 90s of, you know, especially the 80s of like all the body guys, all these big freaky looking dudes and that there wasn't space for the, you know, the athletic wrestler or whatever. And that obviously now as we've moved forward, we've got the athletic wrestlers. Having someone like this come in just adds diversity to match types, adds diversity to um, presentation. And we've been saying it for a while, like, the monster in New Japan, the monster in Japan is a is an archetype that works. And if they can craft their own one, like that's mm-hmm. like that harkens back to those great foreign, you know, Russian and like harkens back to those era type of mm-hmm. um, archetypes, but is coming through the New Japan system. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But New Japan's becoming like the UN of pro wrestling at this point. They've got everyone from everywhere. <laughs> like on this show, there's people from every. There's a lot of a lot of nations are being represented. There's also on the site on um, when you look at the matches, mm. you can't. They're like keeping things very mysterious. You can't look him up to see how big he is or. Well, I, I'm now completely jonesing for that match because I, I I don't want to see anything about him. I don't want to see what he looks like. I want to wait yep. to see him when he walks down the staircase. It sounds like it's like without even seeing him, you guys have almost described a prototypical version of what I consider would be a boy of mine, a freak who can wrestle. 
well, we, we, I'm not sure if he can wrestle yet. That's the, uh, that's the great thing about Holleg is I don't know if he can work, but well, yeah, we're going to find, find out. out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see how uh, he, he um, blends that amateur style into the dojo style. Mm-hmm. That could be really cool. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because, you know, they say about the, the difficulty of the, the difficulty that wrestlers have in pro wrestling is giving up. They're like surrendering to control. Like that's their biggest thing. And, and elite level wrestlers, there's not a lot of uh, like your elite, elite level wrestlers that have made that, that successful transition. A lot of them struggle with that, um, that dynamic of being able to, I mean, Angle talked about it of like, like losing, <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. Like, what am I doing? And if you're a young boy, you go through the, like they are literally breaking you um, to break you out of all of those habits. It's like, he's going to have to give up his back and he's going to have to do like a bunch of stuff. It's just like, what? Just not habit, you know? So it'll be really fascinating to see how they, and for his size to younger, there's no one going to be, there's no, he's not going to wrestle people his own size. Like they're not going to be people around there in the young boy class. I mean, always is quite sad. Yeah. We could have gone with lube, but, Lube would look like they're different builds, you know, but always, always a thick boy. So it's probably um, going to go along the lines of like Oleg's going to like look like an absolute monster and a gigantic beast off first, getting in some really good offense, but also building great simpy for Owa. Like, and that's what I think could be potentially mm -hmm. happening here to solidifying Oleg as this monster and this giant and giving. Uh, you know, Oiwa some seriously good Simpy right now during the match and sort of getting the crowd behind Which him. he's great at. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's so great at that. That's kind of what I'm predicting right now for that match. But um, yeah. And Oiwa triumphs. You know, that's the idea. Like it's put through peril and then somehow hangs on and catches catches the big guy. He doesn't yeah. lose much if he, if he loses though. He doesn't, there's not really anything taken away. If the match is done Well, correct, if you lose to a guy in his debut match as a two-year senior and that, that could send you in a little... That would send you into a space. Yeah, there's a there's a story there. If that exactly, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. would send Oiwa. It might send Oiwa off. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is possible if they're speeding up the they're speeding up the stuff. We get a lot of young boys back. Loser, loser goes back to Kazakhstan. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be it could be interesting. I'm yeah, I'm I'm I'll be stoked from the get go. Yep, and then from that we get to the traditional opening match. Uh, which this year is the KOPW 2023 uh, New Japan Rambo. So just to explain what this is, uh, this year, um, as last year, it is for the KOPW title. But what's going to happen is it's going to be a Rambo, like a, tri a traditional um, sort of rumble style. But when it gets to the final four, that will be the end of the match. And then those four will then wrestle at New Year's Dash for the newly created King of Pro Wrestling title, which Shingo has been advocating for for months. And when they finally announce it, he is no longer the King of Pro Wrestling champion because it's a yearly thing as it was previously. Now it's been transitioned to a title. So Shingo is a is an angry boy about this and has said that he is refusing to turn up. It gets vacated at the end of every year. Yep, it has been. But now it's a title. I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be done that way, but it's it's been a provisional title. So it's something yeah, you hold for the year. They're making um, it a belt. It has become a belt. Yeah. It's a blue belt. I uh I, I like the belt. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um I think Tai Chi and Shingo have done wonders and El Fantasma have done wonders yeah. for that KOPW 
um, including finishing the year off with a five-star King of Pro Wrestling match. Dave Meltzer giving Shingo versus Taichi five stars for their King of Pro Wrestling. What show was that on? Uh, that was on the Takataichi Mania. Uh. Um, so, yes, it got five stars. It was fine. It was probably the third best match on the show, but Dave liked it. Um, and in any case, uh, it's now the workers' belt. <laughs> King of Pro Wrestling has now become the workers' belt. Taichi's made that the case. Um, but yeah, an interesting element is that we'll see um, if Shingo will be in this Rambo because he has said um, as a result of not being booked and the King of Pro Wrestling thing not being transitioned quickly enough that he is not going to be there. So making that a story that he is not going to be on Wrestle Kingdom. I think that there's a possibility that uh, Shingo could do some time in AEW. Mm. Oh, because I feel like in that uh, Forbidden Door, like I know he's in that tag match, but he got over really quickly, uh, just because he's Shingo and he's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, like what? He's not on Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. And they're making that a story. Mm. So it's not a thing where it's like, oh, he's not being booked. This is shit. New Japan shit. Whatever. It's like that's his story. His story is I was in the main event of last year's Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm not even booked this year. What's happened? And you just stripped me of the thing that I've been doing all year. Yeah. And then not only that, you've made that the belt that I've been saying we should have been doing for months and you've waited until I'm no longer that to, to do it. He's, he's been actively angry at Obari. So they've made it a thing where it's like, um, I mean, it's interesting. Those LAJ boys are getting all cantankerous. I don't know what's happening, but Shingo's yeah. Shingo's not happy. And I would not be surprised to see, yeah, to see Shingo turn up on the same day in in um, in AEW. I reckon he could go for that Pacific belt, that Atlantic. Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, don't Pacific. stop getting stop getting the actual making it actually <laughs> accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, he should go for that uh, Atlantic belt, being that that's like a traveling belt. Mm. He could do some fun things over there. I have a feeling Shingo's going to do something though. You just get the yeah. feeling he's up to something. So do we think he'll be, I don't think, yeah, I think he'll stay true to his word. I don't think he'll be in the Rambo. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I hope he is now. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, but I don't think so. So we have the Rambo and interesting, Miss Doom on Discord asked a question in regards to this as well. Um, asking us, what wrestlers do you think will pop up unexpectedly during the Rambo? Wonderful question, Miss Doom. Um I'm going to go with the same answer I always say year after year of who I want to see in the Rambo. And that is the dickless one himself, Scott yeah. Nottina. Uh, just simply because the, my very first ever one, there was a big in-house joke between us boys between about Scott Norton and his rise or lack thereof. Um, if you can guess what that joke was. <laughs> we're going to hammer it home in about 30 seconds of us trying to get it over. Um, yeah, and just seeing Scott Norton came out, come out was um just hilarious for me. And after you know the very first ever Rambo seeing it, and it is a really really good battle royale. But they're always really fun. They always have surprise entrances. But for me personally, the icing on the cake of the Rambo or any Wrestle Kingdom is Scott Norton coming out during the Rambo. <laughs> That's your icing, is it, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some low hanging fruit or no <laughs> yeah. hanging fruit. No hanging fruit for Scott. <laughs> <No hanging> fruit. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, yeah, that's always a good one, isn't it? And it's a possibility this year, Red. Obviously, as you said, there's always surprises, but for the last couple of years, given COVID, it's been lack of 
you know, they've had domestic based surprises to some extent, but they can only do so much. Whereas, you know, like, I wonder if we get cheeseburger back, you know, he's a staple yeah. of this, like those type of people, Gino, you know, like get those random Rambo. Yeah, Gino would be good. Uh, after seeing him the other night, I reckon they could throw a Zuka in there. Oh yeah. Just throw him yeah. back. He's in fucking insane he is. shape. Is he 56 or something? Holy shit. And he has, he's been retired for what, a year? Two, yeah. 18 months? How long has he been retired? He's been retired for a bunch. He's has, he obviously has kept up some level of work because he's looking great. And they've kept him in that mask the whole time. Probably kept him in Corican that whole time. Probably been locked up with eating chicken. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, unexpected's great. I, I said, I think the unexpected part will be the previous, like there's so many people that are not booked for Wrestle Kingdom. And I feel like whether King of Pro Wrestling, as I've said, I think what Tai Chi, what Shingo and what El Fantasmo did this back end of the year, somehow this weird chaos started with a who's your daddy match and ended with five stars. Like that's, it started because he wanted to go in this daddy angle, which sent Shingo down this path. And we have found our way all the way to a top level match on that can sort of be that perfect headlining of random, you know, a Taika Taichi mania, but it can be a main event people care about that people wanted Taichi to win it. Um, Taichi's obviously said that he's a, he's a failure. So maybe his whole thing is going to be, he's going to skip out on Wrestle Kingdom as well. Like we, we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these guys. I think the four that they, I'm, I'm just hopeful that the four that they, that, that they get through to dash are of that level of where we've been. And we keep Yano and them away from this kind of thing and, and focus more on it being the sort of the, the blue belt being the, the gimmick kind of belt. Like it's the belt for the gimmick matches that can be, you know, kind of interesting. And sometimes you might stumble yeah. on something that's going and, to be transformative, you know? Yeah. And gimmick doesn't have to be a dirty word in wrestling. No, like, like that, that, like that time that Tai Chi and Shingo did the, like the, the 30 count 30. things and yeah. yeah. And it was like they just they they're just experimenting with the form of pro wrestling, and if it's you know second or third match kind of thing, or it's like a it's a on this in this instance it's a fucking you know undercard pre show match, and you get to experiment with the form a bit, and you put creative guys in there that actually are interesting to explore these ideas of like Shingo's and Tai Chi's and El Fantasmo's that are like what can we do with it? You know, there's guys out there that I think could be just as equally creative that could do some really interesting stuff with it. So. It'll be telling because it'll be who's going to be in who's being pegged at that level, so that will be interesting to see. Um, but I'm like guys like Cobb and that I'm not sure. Like I'm just not sure where they're going to find themselves because I feel like we'll see guys that aren't booked for Wrestle Kingdom be on Wrestle Kingdom at different times during Wrestle Kingdom. If that makes sense. If they they really have made the King of Pro Wrestling, if that's a belt now that that has become a bit more prestigious, so winning the Rambo. You know, this year could actually, you might see some guys actually like legitimately going for it and trying to win this one. I, well, it, it's said that you just got to make the top, the, the final four, and then we get a fatal four way kind of thing yeah. at Dash. And if you got, I mean, if you got guys that are good, if you, I think El Fantasmo would be, I think, I think he might be the guy that I'd be putting it on. Um, but like in that sort of space, those type of caliber guys, I think you could probably get something oh. really creative. Imagine like, you know, like Scott Norton being one of those four dudes at the end of it. Like, you know, with Scott Norton, Cheeseburger, um, Izuka, 
uh, Chase Owens. Yeah, Chase, Chase Owens. Owens. Yeah, you know Chase Owens is going to be there. We all know this, right? King of the Rambo. Um, but it's, I mean, Chase can be okay provided he's not there for Yano because I cannot do Chase versus Yano for King of Pro Wrestling. That broke me. That was that was literally that that broke me. It was like thirty four minutes. I was <laughs> that's, that was nearly it. We, oh, we didn't tough. have a podcast, but I was nearly out. That was that was gonna that was so was so close that night. I tell you, never again. Um, but yeah, I I don't know who was gonna pop up unexpectedly. I think Red you, Scott Norton may be a good shout. Yeah, and seriously, let's like it's like reverse. Where's Wally? Just try and spot his dick. <laughs> Reverse? Wouldn't that mean that it's easy to spot? Yeah, well, no, you're trying to find Wally the whole time, but like... You never find him. You never find him. So we've just spent time talking about Scott Norton's Wally. (laughs) Former IWGP champion, Scott Norton. Um, Okay. Uh, Speaking of legendary figures in New Japan history, we have... The Antonio Inoki Memorial Six Man Tag, which is Togi Makabe, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata versus Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask, and sort of the legends get out there and do legend shit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is, um, you know, it is what it is, um, but I thought it was an opportunity to have a bit of a discussion in regards to the ending of Suzuki Gun because we end with Suzuki and he finds his way onto the Wrestle Kingdom card. Hmm. Fuck, that was badass that entire that Suzuki going in like how cool was that to watch them beat the piss out of each other and ride off into the sunset only for him to turn around and go I'm going for the IWGP championship <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta love him I mean yeah. I think it's always good to have legends on Wrestle Kingdom like these kind of spectacles it's always good to sort of throw back and look to the past and everything and 50th year so it's the final end it's, it's this whole show is an Anoki tribute so um, you know, Fujinami being his, you know, his first young boy, it's cool that he's able to be here and wrestling. It's pretty crazy if you yeah. think about it. You know, New Japan's first dojo boy, Tatsumi Fujinami, um, yeah. getting an opportunity to be there. And then Suzuki obviously being a, a very, uh, you know, off the back of what we talked about, Suzuki-gun, Suzuki-gun being very much an Anoki-inspired and obviously just to get a bunch of the stars that you've, you know, like a Togi Makabe who's got, He's just there because obviously he's got um, cachet in terms of he's a popular guy in Japan, so he does have engagement. Um, will they play his song? Maybe once, one once year. a year. Once a yeah. year, will they fork out the money for it? We will see. Um, but yeah, I think with Suzuki Gun disbanding, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's one of the great um, things we get to track into 2023 is just seeing where these characters are headed because it's, they are fully split. So Suzuki's got his first opportunity post Suzuki Gun to be in this space. And as Dave said, he's already declared he's going for that world title, but is he going to be on his lonesome? And that's kind of, what are they going to do as these free agents? You know, where are they going to fall? And that's such an interesting story heading into 2023 is where did all of these guys, because when you saw them all out there, as I said, as you said, an awesome, an awesome finish where they just started the, the spot where they started beating Suzuki just starts beating everyone up. And then, you know, and then they've just, it felt like a retirement match in a lot of respects where they were like showing how appreciative they were to Suzuki as to this sort of gallant guy took everything. Um, finished being finished off by Zach as being his sort of protege, you know, like um, sort of 
spiritually, you know, the spiritual protege in terms of the style of wrestler. And then everyone sort of talking, you know, this is not a faction, this is a family. This idea of them breaking um, with Suzuki being the figurehead of that whole thing and him sort of being seen as, it felt to me like it was a sign-off. It almost, it honestly felt like it was like, like he was off right off the sunset and then in classic Suzuki fashion he picks up the towel the flag goes around and then declares he's got yeah going anywhere so it's like well why did you break the faction up and that's the interesting idea you know why did he do that did he feel like these guys needed to go off and do their own thing or did he feel like he as you said previously Dave that the faction itself was holding him back in the sense that they were never able to get to that next level who knows yeah I uh, I get its purpose but like, like I mean, no Shingo, no Tai Chi. A lot of guys are missing out. As there's only so many spots, right? So, uh, do I think that those that match could be filled with something else? Yes, but I understand why it's there, given the year that it is and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's probably one of the least interesting things for me, but I'll be interested to see what goes on regarding Suzuki. Um, in regards to the the Suzuki Gun um, disbanding show or whatever, I thought that was great. That main event was really interesting. Um, Taichi is one of the most emotive wrestlers I've, I think I've experienced uh, in watching, <clears throat> and that's really interesting. So I'm. Uh, you know, most of my time in that match was sort of watching what he was doing and his interactions with Suzuki and and others. And, uh, you know, the post-match stuff, you know, he's saying, oh, and then Suzuki came and ruined everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, Despy being like, wow, he was sort of like cheery and like, what's next? (laughs) Uh, and Lance Archer full cracked the shits and was like, I'm not taking this fucking shit anymore and apologized for saying fuck a lot. And then, you know, stop this bullshit, stop bullshitting me, AEW. And hmm. so something's up with him. Everyone's kind of got their thing except Tucker. Uh, he, no, he's got his own thing. It's <laughs> the most significant thing about Tucker is his fringe. Yeah, I really liked that little homage thing that they did with Suzuki and then they kind of, everyone puts in a move on him at the end. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the Tai Chi and Zach then getting the, um, Zach finishing off and pinning. And then, uh, they all have their say about their time in Suzuki Gun and their love for him. It was very good. It was very heartfelt. Um, I am going to miss that faction, but I am very excited about, where, uh, in particular, Desperado, uh, Dookie, Tai Chi, Zach, uh, Lance Archer, even, mm. um, where their careers, like what direction they track down from here. There's a lot of there's a lot of open stuff going on there now, which is which is strange to see so much in one thing. There's a, so much is open and unclear blew it all up from one faction or, or one time yeah it was a it was a full blow up the team moment yeah and uh but they did it they did it well they did it in a in a way that i think was uh respectful and and like you said in true Suzuki fashion um 
you know, he's calling his shots about the IW. What's the what the fuck is that about? Like what the <laughs> I just said that and I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I, I was with you, like I said, and the big thing with Azuka coming back was he took the fingers back. So the iron fingers were taken again. So it's like, well, yeah. Taichi's lost those. So it's like you get this sense like he's in for the biggest shift of all the characters. He's yeah, I feel like he's the one. Being stripped from him along yep. with um, Miho Abe having the fingers stripped. Maybe you'll strip the long dacks for good. No techers. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Is he going to look the same? Is he going to present himself the same? Like, that? New Japan's one true stripper is losing. He's getting stripped of everything. Yeah. He's getting stripped. Is he going to strip the Phantom of the Opera thing, the singing the song? Like what? Because, you know, other guys, like I don't imagine that Dookie will remain somewhat the same the dude's gonna take that fucking shirt off did you see him in the concurso yeah yeah holy think, shit uh, doki desperado will probably stay the same uh, i mean and zach will you know they might change colors or whatever but yeah. uh yeah taichi is probably the one that will shift the most yeah, that's the exciting part. That's what I said. This match, as you said, Dave, not exactly the most. It's it's a we know what it's there for. It's on the pre-show, and it's there to basically be that thing. But the 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 intriguing part is is Suzuki and more more um, relevant Suzuki Gun and where many of those guys go because this show is going to be the first time we see a lot of these guys coming out without Suzuki done, you know. Um, mm allegiance or branding or anything so it could be their debut of their wrestle kingdom gear maybe the debut of their their new year you know okay on to the main show um so in true wrestle kingdom fashion the junior heavyweights are coming are going on first which makes me feel like we are back baby holy Um, fuck uh and we are starting with the junior heavyweight tag team title match of francesco akira and tjp catch two two against Leo Rush and Yo. People that haven't seen um, on the uh, on the final show, the go-home show, um, Francesco Akira attacked Yo. Mm. Um, very naughty from Francesco. Um, and it feels like we're getting, like Yo just can't have nice things. Um, but we, you call Francesco Akira Harry Potter enough, the man's going to snap. And he did. And now we've got this match uh, that I think has the potential to be a good old fashioned Wrestle Kingdom banger. It's a great way to start the show off having like, you know, these amazing technical high flyers. It's always been exciting because you think back in the day when you had the Young Bucks and all that kind of stuff, like they were always positioned pretty early in the card to sort of like set the tone. It was always the opening match. It was often it was over six or, or eight, you know, teams, you yeah. know, eight members. Like it was always those bucks red dragon rapongi vice um so yeah i'm looking forward to it it's um you know one of those things where it's like it's always great to sort of have that what you know of wrestle kingdom sort of back to the normality sort of stuff but yeah it's going to be a great match the whole junior super tag league blew everyone away i feel and uh this is going to be you know just a really solid good technical high flying fast paced that's for sure Mm. it's bloody fast paced that's for sure like it's going to be cool Mm. and it's gonna. Be, I I have no idea who wins this one. I have no idea who wins this, and I don't. I don't know who needs to win it the most. Um, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say the champs retain. Yeah, I like that. It's just the two teams, mm. and that it's not like four way or something because we've got the four way for the singles belt. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Red. I think it'll be fun. Great way to open. 
And I like that uh, Akira gets that chance to be a little cunty before the match. That adds a bit of extra spice. Um, maybe that heats up Yo too to be a bit the same on yep. the night. So that'll add a little bit to it. I just think it'll be just like TJP will be TJP. He'll be great in ring and averse to any kind of charisma outside it. Uh, Akira will probably get some big shine, I would imagine. Yeah. And then, yeah, Yo and Leo will be great. I don't know who wins. I don't really... I would have probably cared more had Aussie Open been in the tag match as well because of the chance to do the full uh, United Empire thing. Uh, but yeah, for this, I, I mean, I don't really mind who wins. I feel like it's. I feel like that's coming though. Like the United Empire thing might be like the Dominion or something. They're they're building to that yeah. at some point. Dominion seems like a good place for yeah. that kind of thing as well, rather than yeah. perhaps Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but I I think it's establishing United Empire versus Chaos kind of thing. And I think you might also get that United Kingdom thing when they have a top junior. Yeah, yeah. Junior. Yeah, they bring everybody together. Yeah, that would make sense where they dominate like Bullet Club did in the past. Like Bullet yeah. Club had Dontaku. It's like, what will United Empire have? Um, and maybe, maybe it'll be it'll be Dominion. Um, but I feel like this is essentially establishing that dynamic between Chaos and because uh, obviously they've won a tournament to get to this point, so it's not necessarily a feud per se. The Akira is heating it up. But it feels like it's the start of potentially. I mean, and we know what they do. I mean, let's be honest. It's a junior tag. We know what they do. They'll run that into the ground. Like that's the like these these two teams. It's a very good chance that they'll wrestle again and again and maybe again. Um, that's kind of how they go. And maybe they're establishing that. I'm I'm interested to see. I'm watching for Yo and Leo and their interactions and what's happening Me there. Too. I think yeah. that's kind of the the story that I'm really fascinated is Yo's transformation that we've seen. Him being, I keep feeling this is, I just. Does he hint at anything? I don't trust, I don't trust Yo. I just don't trust him. Yeah. I've, I, him wrestling, I don't think it's any surprise. Like those Korokans leading up to it's Okada, Tanahashi, and Yo. And mm. Yo's getting the pins. He's winning the matches and they're like, they're building Yo up to be like this guy and like, okay, okay, he's being built and he's being put in there with the big stars of New Japan representing New Japan. It's like, I don't know about you, yo. And uh, we'll get to it when we obviously start talking the main event situation. But him and chaos just feels, this just doesn't feel something's up. That's, I just feel like something's up with yo. So we'll be keeping an eye on, I'll be keeping an eye on that match at the beginning of the card. And I think it may be instructive to what happens at the end of the card. Um, so mm. something to keep an eye on for sure. And I, as you said, Red, I think that'll just be a good old fashioned banger. They'll go out there and go bananas. It will just, they'll go nuts. Like, Leo and when Leo and Akira in the ring together, it may break the sound barrier. Like they, the the speed at which those two guys are going to go is going to be very, very fast. They're like, as I said, Dave, it's a big showcase for Akira. He's a project for New Japan, mm. and Leo is clearly. I mean, we know what Leo's been trying to do in in New Japan pro wrestling. He's this is his chance to really showcase and get himself over with the Japanese audience. Yeah, and I think you'll find too that uh, showcasing Leo, you'll see him in with TJP a lot because of how smooth he is. So he'll make Leo's stuff look really good. Yeah, which is, and they probably paired that up already with Akira and Yo getting into the altercation. So they sort yeah. of established the dynamic. Um, 
and Yo has been much better when he's wrestled angry. So mm. that's the, that's kind of like you got to give him a reason to, Be you know, asshole. Yeah, once you give him a reason, he just it just flips a switch and he just goes great. So like, he, he, I really like how he's incorporated the slap his own ass taunt. I just think that's <laughs> very kinky. It's just like I just like he just does it now. It's his thing. Every um, time he does it, it reminds me of Orgasmo. Hey, how you going? <laughs> it's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm personally hoping that in this match, I know we're about to move on to the next one, but like with Leo trying so cheesily to get over with the crowd. I'm really hoping that we see a much more vicious version of Yo and Leo to the point where they almost do heelish things. Like I would like to see that kind of development storyline because if Leo is trying so badly to become like beloved by the Japanese crowds, I just think it would be a nice little swerve for him to go into more heelish territory. But I don't don't think it's, is it a swerve though? Yeah, I don't think it'll be necessarily a swerve, but I, I know what you're saying, man. Because he's been so over the top of it that it's like very inauthentic. It comes off as like that he's pandering and he's yeah. not a panderer. So why is he doing that? And there's there's something to that, I think. Yeah, there's um, a bit more than just, I'm just happy to be here. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because United Empire, despite their their positioning as people like, and obviously this thing is like, we'll, we'll attack Yo and make it like, a, we'll make United Empire the heel faction in this sense. They're not a heel faction because they don't cheat. That's the, I mean, it's really the, the delineation. If you really want to break down a heel faction in Japan pro wrestling, is do they do they cheat? And they don't. Um, they're respectful and they do all the stuff in the right way. They're just very aggressive. Um, so when you put them in there, they aren't necessarily the heels. And maybe the Yo and Leo start wrestling a little bit heelish. Um, Yo can't help it. Like he just gets aggressive. So that'll be the dynamic that's at play. And as I said, I think that whole, whenever I, you just can't, like Leo Rush knows, like he knows how that is perceived when he's going off and doing all the, it just, his name's the bad child. I think at some point we have to open that up. So. Like look at him, how he presents himself. There is nothing face about that. Man. No, no, right? Yeah. That's the point. That's the, every part of his presentation as I said, the bad child and the good son, those two together are just rolling up to Wrestle Kingdom. We'll see how we go. Um, okay, on to the next one. This is exciting, this one. The IWGP uh, women's title as Kyrie defends against Tam Nakano. Um, obviously, obviously, there's, there's one big question that's associated with this match. One, I just want to address the match, history-making can't wait it's yep. going you, you want to talk about electricity in a ring yeah this is going to be an absolute uh i was about to say balls to the wall but i guess ovaries to the wall um you know kind of match where it's gonna be amazing dangerous a spectacle in its own and it's really going to be one of the matches that i am so keen to watch personally just because it's history making baby that's why i'm into yeah. wrestling and, and Kyrie uh, doing the pirate entrance at wrestle king yeah. is going to be great oh. mm. He's going to come swinging from the rafters, man. Sting style. Um, it's a great showcase. It'll be a great showcase for the Joshi wrestlers, Stardom wrestlers. It's going to be an awesome showcase. And they will go out off the back of uh, Wrestle Queendom, which happened, uh, which has set the tone for um, the the bar has been raised in terms of what in-ring pro wrestling uh, can be and should be um, and title matches should be um, off the back of Siri and Julia's match last night. Insane match. Insane. Um, so I do highly recommend that. This is a great showcase, as we said, for stardom talent, but 
the question or go to a question from Clayton Hughes at xclaylog x zx. Uh, this is a general question, but I think it's tied. We can tie it to this: Who will make surprise appearances after each match to challenge any championship match? Mm. So this match, as I said, we know its function. It'll be a great showcase for people that love stardom. Um, they're very excited about Tam's opportunities. She's the, the sort of the real Joshi fans of believe that she's going to be really um, capture the audience. Um, but I feel like this, the story is set, right? We know where this is headed. Um, so are they just going to go straight to do it? I guess is the question. Will they, who's anyone going to come out? It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise appearance lads post this women's match. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there will be. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to come out with Snoop Dogg. Um, it's going to be look to the question. Yeah. Sasha Banks is definitely coming out. Or she'll do commentary. She'll come out and join the American team and she'll do commentary with them about the match. Yeah, it'd be interesting. How do they debut? So you think, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fait accompli, right? Mercedes is is gonna be there. Yeah. I mean, why would why would she be there and not be part of it? <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah, she'll come out. Uh yeah, I think it'll be a great match. I'm um, yeah, I'm really interested. I quite liked what's her name. The um, this is where I'm gonna suck. Tam Nakano. Yeah, uh, Tam was kind of she's there's something about her charisma wise um, from the crossover show. She stood out. And the Tai Chi, the Tai Chi interaction. Yeah, was cool. the interaction. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so yeah, she kind of you know instantly become fond of her. Like, you think oh, that's by accident? No, of course not. I think because... she's paired with Tai Chi. Yeah, I think that uh, Tai Chi serves an interesting purpose. He's kind of like almost, to me, it seems like, because they're such a, you know, talking about emoting, but they're like, emotion is like their key focus in their big yeah. matches. Yeah, Everything comes off the back of that. And he seems to be like New Japan's version of that at the moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that pairing is significant. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see her in there with Kyrie, and it'll be interesting to see Kyrie again as the, as the official first champ with that belt. Um, and yeah, looking forward to how they do the Sasha Banks run-in if it feels because sometimes those run-ins for New Japan can feel somewhat clunky. Um, I wonder if she'll actually get like a Wrestle Kingdom fucking walk-in entrance would be kind of interesting. What I did that time I did with Suzuki with Mox. Where Suzuki, remember that time everyone thought Suzuki's leaving the company and then they do the, they play the song and he just stands there and comes out and it's like, everyone's like, let's go. Like, let's yeah. go. Like, uh, and I think if you want to maximize the, uh, the gravitas of that moment, then perhaps doing some sort of entrance. I think you have to, right. Would be really, really cool rather than just like a, a run in and a whipping off. A mask or something, and it's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's nice the Titan. Do the Titan entrance, but um, yeah, um, I think it, I think it hurt pay packet. You want that moment, that that visual that you can then. I feel like yeah, you want that thing to go viral. So yeah, uh, yeah there will be a a spectacle around her coming. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, but I do. I, I it's interesting as you mentioned the match with the Tam Nakano stuff, and as you said, I. I was like you. I was like, oh, she looks like she's got that weird charisma. The weird charisma that we look for that like, oh, that's yeah. she's, she's got that thing where like you can somehow get over without doing much, you know? Like yeah, that don't have to wrestle like, much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but apparently she's very good. Um, 
which is again maybe the Tai Chi parables act, you know, but mm. um but I do find it interesting just you know, I hadn't thought about it, but it's like it's interesting, you know, Tai Chi dropping, you know, having Mio Abe not being part of his presentation anymore and going off and doing his own thing. It's like he's been paired up on his streams and stuff with those women for a while, the idols of stardom for a while, years, you know, pre, like just from the very beginning of the relationship, he was like, all right, let's let's do this thing. Um, it'd be something interesting, wouldn't it, to see that kind of continue. So, mm. um, and it would be so Tai Chi to second her, you know, yeah, that'd be, that'd be that'd such be, a Tai Chi move. That'd be epic. Yeah, he so, joins. A, he jo- is she in a faction? Does he join a star yeah, faction? That, that's Tai Chi. <laughs> that is Tai Chi in a nutshell. You want true? You want true crossover? Tai Chi joins a star faction. That'd be great. And they represents them in New Japan. He'd be the <laughs> best. He'd do it for sure. But yeah. don't do with the Tai Chi going there. Don't forget Zach and Julia. So I mean, like you know, Zach could easily go and join a stardom. Uh, faction himself as well he said he wanted to he said he wanted to i mean that's i mean we're in we're in we're in strange times at this point i mean there will be a crossover faction at some point i feel oh yeah it'll be like a singular faction that will become its own thing i would imagine yeah Um, the mercedes maniacs again this is the showcase where it's it hasn't been officially announced but everyone's pretty much convinced it's going to happen and as I've said, I feel like they want to maximize it and they want to build straight to the second Wrestle Kingdom thing that's at the Yokohama Arena, which again, I, I mentioned that 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 building primarily because Stardom's running it a couple of times now. They're going to run their their big show in April there as well. So I feel like Stardom's trying to, it's a nice new building. Yokohama might be an area that Stardom's trying to get into. So if you're going to do a Wrestle Kingdom there with the big cachet and the brand name and they sold out last year when they ran there for the Noah New Japan crossover, I feel like having Mercedes versus Kyrie as your your semi-main or main in that space could be a really decorative statement from New Japan in terms of where they view. I mean, end of the day, New Japan, it's less about, like, here's the thing, it's sort of less about titles and divisions and stuff. It's more about stars. If they think they've got a star, they will, a character that they believe has got potential to sell and be marketable they will push those people and they'll push the division that person that those people are in if certain guys are in a position where they're in a us belt or the certain big guys are holding a tag belt they will elevate those divisions and i think mercedes has that potential because of her marketability that she could very well be semi-maining so they could go from second from the bottom to second from the top within three weeks you know mm. i think that that's why the the introduction of kopw as a title and the uh, the TV title, which we talk about soon, mm. uh, they they will be a focus for 2023. And who becomes the champions of those will be significant um, because then they can tell some really key stories with those belts throughout the year, and you don't have to have. Uh, you don't always have to be telling your world title match stories. Yep. Yep. I think that's a really key for them, especially as the brand expands and especially as they go back to full scale touring and they've got the B's and the C shows, you know, like they used to have yeah. so that you need titles for C show main events, you know? Okay. On to the next one. Uh, our favorite boys, uh, the IWGP tag team titles, uh, FTR defend against Bishimon. Um, Okay, we've had time. We've had time now um, to come to terms with the lack of Aussie Open. 
I mean, FTR just lost their belts. Triple A belts, yep. They've lost their ROH belts, their Triple A belts. And, you know, I mean, I thought that, you know, Bishamon versus FTR, when I think about it, I'm like, that's going to be a great match. It's going to be a lot of fun, regardless of the match. lack of the lack of Aussie Open and everything. It's still it's still going to be a really 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 fun match. Um, you know, it, it just there's a bit of it's just unusual with FTR losing all their belts at the moment. That's just uh, I think they're packing up and they think their contracts up in April maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, one, it's going to be a great match. To sort of like see what happens in that match could tell us a lot about the future of FTR. I have a question for you, Red. Off the back of the success, I would say, of Tag League this year, you know, the introduction of some new teams, um, great matches, etc. Where do you think the potential addition of FTR positions New Japan's tag division? How does it now then compare to the rest of the world's tag divisions in other companies? If you have FTR, Aussie Open, I mean, look, they, they, they definitely can compete, but in terms of like... It's a competition. It's, that's what I mean, but it's like your, your, your elevation of the, the tag, like tag team wrestling in New Japan then would have to be held as the number one company in, in terms of what sort of production and performance they'll put on. I don't know. I mean, AEW's tag division is pretty stacked. Let's be real. But it's competition, I think. It changes yeah. the game because it positions tag team wrestling in New Japan in a way that it hasn't been done in, I mean, shit. So potentially within four months, New Japan goes from almost no tag division mm -hmm. to arguably... One of the better ones. Two? One of the better ones. Bucks and... Panther yes. Phoenix pretty good. And so if you add FTR, then you have then you then have what say arguably the best tag team. Yeah, I think you can I think you could make a case. Right. You could literally make a case. You can make a case for all of those teams, right? Yeah. And then but then with the addition of I'm assuming Aussie Open is signed. Yeah. Well they they I mean they they're already they're already starting a whole story with Bishamon is online. So yeah, I think they're already and then you've got, you know, you've got Bishamon, you've got a bunch of other teams. I'm just saying, like, I think with the addition of that team, if that team is legit leaving AEW and they want to do their fucking whatever, their, a big run with New Japan, yeah. Then, which is the room? I asked, I asked the question because New Japan has all of a sudden gone. Well, let's focus on the tag division, and it's taken them four months. Mm. It'll have taken them four months by the time, say, April rolls around or whatever, from November to. March, April, so four or five months to make their tag team not just relevant, but to have arguably the best team and arguably the best, well, certainly the best up and coming team and arguably the second best team, if not the best team. I think I, I think it makes them the best. I think it makes them the best division in the world because then you have the two teams that everybody wants to wrestle wrestling in your company. Yeah. So. And the new, new Japan tag division is going to be the team that the division where other tag teams are going to want to go to compete so that they can be considered very top. I mean, we talked about this before. It's an interesting question because we talked about this before about like, well, as you said, Red, they're losing their belts, they're losing them everywhere. So in theory, 
you give Aussie Open their win back. You get like because Aussie Open lost to them at Royal Quest. You give them their win back if they if they're packing up shop and they're leaving the territory. Then that's how you would do it. So the fact that Aussie Open weren't there makes you think. Well, people go, oh well, FTR is going to lose to Bishamon and going to do the story of New Japan guys triumphing over those. But it's like Bishamon's the perfect team. We say it every time. They're the perfect team to put in to get a great match out of someone and then disappear. Like that's they're the perfect team for that. So then as soon as the match ends, everyone goes down, Aussie Open come out and challenge them, and you're off to the races. You're just mm. straight off the races, and here we go. And now you've got this showcase for FDR. You've got a story built between these two great teams, and the rest of the division has been elevated to some extent. There's there's a sense that, you know, Team DK's out there like this. There's yeah. some teams. Like there's, we saw it in the in the tag league that those teams really impressed. And not to mention the, the, the factor of new teams forming because we have Dangerous Tech is no longer a thing. So yeah. we have faction. There's going to be a new faction regardless. So that means we're going to have a brand new team entirely out of the roster formed. You know what I mean? So then you've Potentially, got... Potentially, yeah. So Potentially. Got- and we've got young boys out there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that's... I guess it comes down to is a division a really a division or is it ultimately who's your top two teams and the division sort of... Like the we look at... You look at AW's tag division. Obviously, you've got you know the claim to the champs, whatever. But you have the Bucks and um, and Lucha Brothers as like your two as your that's your your showcase top guys that you position and the rest of the division sort of fits in there. And they've always got FTR at the moment, but FTR, I mean, they they lost to the Ass Boys, so like it's pretty clear it's pretty clear the story they're telling there as they sort of go their way out and help propel others. Here's the thing. In the past, they had great teams. Like, there were great teams in New Japan's tag league, uh, tag mm-hmm. division. Like, wherever it was, you know, War Machine or wherever they had, like, yeah. they had this run with the ROH teams coming across, but they never focused on much of a story in it. They never really focused on the division as being anything consistent. But this ring, this FTR Aussie Open thing has been a consistent thread, which is why we were so stunned when they didn't go that direction, because it was the story they've been telling. And it's like, and now we're saying, well, FTR, everyone's like, FTR's heading back to WWE or whatever. It's like, I'm not entirely sure, considering the the stuff that they've said about Triple H or particularly Shawn Michaels, or whatever. So who are currently like the talent people? So like, I'm not entirely sure that's where they're headed. I think people just can't believe that FTR would would give up AW. But I think what's inhibited them is I think they probably really wanted to do tag league. I think they probably really did want to do it, and they yeah. weren't allowed to, and they probably made a decision. Well, we want to do a tag league, and they have openly said we want to bring this division back that's and call and i don't think it's any surprise and it was a call across when old dax was saying the most prestigious pro wrestling company in the world you know like it was going in very heavy on pro new japan pro wrestling to the extent of like what's he doing here because that's something you probably won't want to say out loud when you got the other employer here but i think it's pretty clear that i think that's the direction they're losing all their belts from those other companies i think they're keeping these ones because I think the story is them and Aussie Open, and that's the story to tell. And maybe it's the story that we said, Dave, when eventually when Aussie Open win those belts, that's the Dominion moment, and all the boys are together. I just think it's um, it's a huge turnaround, and I know that we're going to lose a couple of teams, but there's also potential for a couple of teams coming back. Like you're going to see like a face version of God at some point. That yep. would be an interesting yep. matchup for FDR and Aussie Open and. You know, uh, any other potential new teams that come from these sort of faction uh, reshuffles and breakups? So yeah. I'm 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 stoked for it, and I think uh, I think this is going to be a great match. 
And um, yeah, I, I got a feeling that FTR holds the belts and tag is a big focus for 2023. Yeah. And also too, Crazy. don't forget there was, there's guys out there who were part of storyline stuff in New Japan a couple of years ago where those storylines are sort of stopped like Chucky e. T, you know, and Trent Beretta. Like they, yeah. they had like this whole build and this storyline going with something and then they were in AEW and I haven't seen either of those guys for ages. So, you know, imagine like we could have a call back to those guys going back over and just picking right back. But that's you've got um, you've got enough, I think, with each team. I said God coming back at some point, um, whichever version they want to do. I mean, that'll be a trio. Well, what I think the difference is is that you've got in the past, New Japan has had this thing where it's like the champs, and then this revolving feud with one or two teams over the course of the year, and that's about the only focus that New Japan tag gets until tag league. Yep, if that. Whereas now you can potentially have the champs and whoever they're feuding with, you know, you can have three, four teams they feud with over the course of the year. Belts can switch around those teams, but then you can also have those teams within themselves feuding with each other at like a level below. So not fighting for the title, but actually tagging against each other in legit matches. And, and you can actually build that way. TMDK versus Aussie open could have a feud, yeah, not with, for a belt. The, nothing off the belt. Yeah, you can That's do the that. difference in what you can do as far as how you can focus the division. It doesn't yeah. always have to be about the titles. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's, it leads to the titles, but the idea being that there, there's yeah, enough they don't competition. Have to fight for the title. Yeah, yeah. There's a competition for that, and they've already. I mean, they're already establishing that with Team DK constantly talking about Aussie Open, Aussie yeah. Open talking about Bishamon, and then you know, like there's they're they're doing this sort of stuff at least. So it feels. Yeah, it feels like as you said, Dave. Maybe there's been a bit of a better investment in that space. I don't. This might be an uncouth thing to say, but I don't. I don't really care too much if the Young Bucks come back, because I mean, like they've built this tag league, you know, pretty darn well without them. Yes, the Young Bucks were a huge part of New Japan tag. Like, don't get me wrong. That's when I got into New Japan, and I fucking love them, and I miss them. But mm. at the same time, their homegrown product of what they're made is so good right now that. You know, including FTR. You'd but how? Well, why? Why are you not saving that for FTR though? They're in the exact same boat. Probably worse in the sense that they have they hold the belt and didn't go into tag league. Oh, they couldn't. Well, now look at the Bucks. They're in the exact same boat. Both of them couldn't do it. So no, but I mean, like you know, it's just there's all this talk about the Young Bucks coming over and all that kind of stuff. Like, I would love to see the Young Bucks back in New Japan. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that what New Japan's done has been really, really smart, and I think they've these guys up i i think the bucks may come across but i don't think they're going to be anything substantial no i think they'll probably do a similar role to when the briscoes come over eventually yeah the but i mean the bucks and kenny thing it it, it sort of smells of oh it's you know it's pretty popular over there right now let's fucking go over there fuck this joint and we just build ourselves and then uh you know oh, oh there's this aew thing we're starting fuck new japan we'll just go over there it's like yeah, I mean, but they're, they're wrestlers. In the day, they will go where of course, the money is. Of course, is. I know, but it's like, like, let's just follow the trend. We'll follow what's trending at the moment. Yeah. There's interest over there, so we'll go over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I mean, I'm a bit the same. I'm a bit like, fuck the Bucks. They can stay in AEW. I don't really, I don't really have any need to see them in New Japan again. 
So, I mean, I know it's going to be a hard thing for people to hear that people, but they, they never, they were a junior tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They were a draw for the Western eyes, but they weren't a domestic product that could move things. That's the, the distinction between Kenny and Matt. Kenny is a very different commodity to the Bucks in terms of the, the elite presentation. When it's in Japan, he is a star and mm. he will, he can bring, he will get people through the gates. Um, the Bucks are not unless they're associated with Kenny and that's not a slide on them. That's just, that's one, it's a slide on new Japan's tag team booking. It's never been something that was elevated. FTR are facing that challenge right now to try to get themselves over in there. And they, it takes time. And that's what I'm saying is that you can't just, you're not going to hot shot a team in to come and draw a house or something. Cause it's not going to happen like that. Whereas Aussie open are doing it the way that they've done it. They will become that team that yeah, the, the Japanese audience cool. connect to same as, I mean, face God is going to be over like Rover. Um, mm. And so that kind of progression is the idea is like you need to build up those teams so that when a guy, teams like the Bucks do eventually come back because everybody comes back, but they come back for a, a one shot. It won't necessarily be them drawing the interest as much. It'll be the homegrown talent defending New Japan versus that perceived outside team that people remember and understand and have a connection to but don't necessarily see them as the same, uh, have have anything beyond, I've just seen a few clips on Twitter or I've seen it, I know of them, I've heard of them because I haven't been invested in their stuff. But we'll, we will see. But I don't think, I think the bigger plays, I said, I'm more for something like a G.O.D. or like I'm more for New Japan teams getting that elevation, TMDK getting that elevation as opposed to just hot-shotting or bringing back a, for a name. But I can see the I can see the thinking around it. But again, different set, different circumstances. The Bucks and Kenny are very different. Um and for some reason, there's a cognitive dissonance around the Bucks, where people think, "Oh, they they're they're a big draw for the Japanese fans," and I don't think they I don't think they ever really have been. Yeah, I think that that their notoriety was, you know, in part due to Kenny, in part due to that they were in Bullet Club. Yeah, uh, and they were seconding Kenny yes. at the time. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting. I uh, I just sort of bring up that tag league question because I, I was thinking about uh, not tag league tag the tag division as a whole the other day because uh yeah it's interesting it's, it's amazing what a couple of fresh teams and actual dedication to focusing on a division can do and it feels like that's what like 2023 feels like oh we're kind of like we're setting up all these new japan setting up all these new divisions and uh it positions them to have interest from the low card all the way up and I, I i like that idea maybe in some people's minds it's too many belts or uh, or whatever but they're, they're that will always be the critique but, but they're distinct in their own way like the tv title is a different thing the kopw title is a different thing it's open weight is a different thing and the key that people have to be making that distinction new japan tells its stories because as i said simple stories complex mm. characters simple stories it tells the it tells their stories using championships that is how it that is the engine that drives the character engagement it's we're not talking a western product where we're relying upon rivalries as being a focus as a, like a, a blood feud as distinct from a title it's a sporting event so you're going for titles that have and as you said dave the key is them having distinct identities if they have distinct identities and there is an incentive for wanting to hold a particular belt i want to hold the kopw belt because i want to be able to wrestle and 
change the form of pro wrestling. I want to transform what pro wrestling looks like through KFPW. I want to hold the TV belt because I want to be on YouTube and I want to be showcasing myself around the world. I want to hold the US belt because I want to be the flag bearer for our expansion. I want to be seen as the best worker in the world. I want to hold the IWGP belt because I want to be seen as the pinnacle best pro wrestler on the planet. I want like that idea. I want to hold tag belts. I want us to be seen as the best tag team, better than FTR, like better than seven star FTR. If each group has its identity, each belt has its own distinct identity. The junior belt, obviously I want to be the best junior heavyweight in on the planet. Then you, in this division, then it has a real simple way to be able to tell those stories. And it's, and people say, Oh, too many belts, but too many belts, the belts are there. They serve a purpose. It's not just I'm going to have this thing. We we can't get to a reason for a match. Yeah, it's got it. They have to have the purpose. Yeah, otherwise there is too many belts. Yeah, identity is key. Clarity of division, like what the division is, and what the meaning, and the and then you know, and then your champions they add to the prestige of of the battle for that belt. Yeah, which is a perfect segue into the next match, which is the New Japan World. TV title, which is sees Ren Narita versus Zack Sabre Jr. to determine the first champion. Um, we have a question here. Um, uh, it's from Morning on Twitter at Morning Peresu saying, the question is, each guy can only win one belt this year. Which result is better for New Japan Pro Wrestling in the long run? ZSJ wins the TV title at Wrestle Kingdom, Ren gets hot-shotted to the heavyweight belt, or <laughs> Ren wins TV title and uh, Z, uh, Zach finally breaks through and wins the heavyweight title later this year. So only one thing can happen. I think this is this match is set up for uh, Ren to really show off what he can do and, uh, you know, so charismatic and really show off what it does. But I think ultimately it's going to be Zach who gets his hand raised and gets the title because I think it's Zach is the kind of person who could really have a good run. Uh, with this title and then it doesn't really hurt Ren to to really lose whereas I think it hurts Zach more to per, to personally lose and yeah but you know having said that if Zach loses it could send him on a tirade to head off in a direction for the world champion um the heavyweight sorry but it, I think that genuinely like this match is designed for Zach to win uh Zach's gonna tie him up but at the same time I think Ren's gonna look like a million bucks uh and I think it's gonna be a really important title for Zach to have because it's gonna turn into a um who can beat him? Who can beat this guy? This is the guy we're going to put on every single TV show. Uh, and he's going to wrestle all around the world with it. And who can beat him? Who's going to be able to enter a Zach match and outlast him? It opens mm. up an interesting question. Let's just jump off the back there for you, Dave. Like everyone wants Zach to be in the world heavyweight title ranks, right? Because they feel like he's he's earned that position. But he's never held a, an individual title before. And to me, this fascination with world title as the be or an end or, like Zach can get to that point perhaps, but it's like, like it's a TV title. Like, could he be like this generation, like Arn Anderson? That's mm. one of the most like revered, respected positions you can have. Mm. Is it a bad thing if he held the belt for a full year as TV champion? I guess is kind of my thinking. No, I don't think so. Uh, do I? And, I? and I think that he would add, like, you know, that kind of like Mr. Perfect as an intercontinental champ sort of yeah. almost the belt being identified with that person over a, period, a long period of time, long after he's gone even potentially. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think Zach wins. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think that Ren is ready. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think he's quite. I don't. I think there's more things, more stuff to be told. Um, as far as he goes, I don't. Th- I think hot shotting him to a world title this no. year would be a mistake. Um, I think that. I don't feel like whatever the, you know, the Shibata 2.0 thing, I don't think that's fleshed out enough. No. Uh, there needs to be some sort of addition to there. I, I really liked our discussion a couple of weeks ago about, you know, potentially going, you know, under the wing of Zach after this match. I like that idea. Will that happen? Who knows? But I think Zach winning this belt making sense and actually really kind of, uh, yeah, becoming that that guy that is identified with that belt for a long period of time is it would be really important, and it would be a good kind of payback to the years of service yeah. that he's given the company. Um, and you know, and it adds to this, you know, his identity as the tournament guy. I think that yeah. really this is a, this is a tournament final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tournament and final. that really solidifies that. Um, for him as a as a character, and, and you know, I think it would set up him to sort of start his own Suzuki Gun, yeah, uh, Saber Gun sort of thing. If that's the path that they decide to go down, I like Ren, but I don't think he should win, and I don't think, yeah, I don't, certainly don't think he should be hot shotted to the world. Well, no, I I agree. I think if it, I think it would do a service, but that's the reality of the situation. That in that that thinking. Because I feel like his character at the moment is kind of impetuous young boy, like that idea of like yeah. he's he wants to change New Japan so badly, but he's it's going to get him caught out, you know, like he wants to. Yeah, I think there's a there's a naivety to that. He needs to be learnt, humbled and learn a few lessons. Yeah, and uh, I, I think, think Shooter is further along than he is. Yeah, but I think I think that's part of the story is that shoot has been given that presentation and shoot has been given all of these things and the, and ren that's been their story since they were young boys that ren is the run of the litter shooter gets everything mm. um and that's kind of been this idea and so it would fit quite nicely for for ren to team up with some people that would feel like they have been wronged or that they're they're the true representation of what new japan pro wrestling actually is or what a nokiism or, is or, or what, what a pro wrestling is yeah right and yeah and because that's what he believes and he is he's against guys like evil he's against guys like he hates that sort of shit he's been vocal in saying that in those um about where new japan has fallen it's like well team up with a guy like zach who's in the exact same boat where he's like this is you know i am strong style strong style evolved here i am that um and uh, yeah, I, I feel like the story of Ren is the naive young boy that thinks that he's ready and he's not, but he's so fucking tough that he will not stop. You know, like he will just keep, he'll get, he's going to get the shit kicked out of him multiple times, but he will keep getting up. And that's been his story on strong. Like it just would be him getting just brutalized, but he's so tough. And um, I don't know, maybe it's Zach, maybe. Maybe it's Minoru. Maybe Suzuki takes one young boy under his wing, and that's it's Narita. But I feel like that he will team up and join someone. And maybe maybe as a tag would be amazing too. Um, but something on those lines because Zach is ready for 
featuring with regularity. And this belt is made for this man, you know, he's bilingual mm. at this point. So he's a perfect guy to be in this space, you know, like it's just, it's, yeah, it's and, ready and for too, it. It would, it would make sense. Like, can you imagine like a beginnings of a faction being, you know, uh, Zach offers Ren and then, you know, like his little thing with Vegeta, yeah. you know, that those, the three of them together as a generational sort of yeah thing, that would be. They all wear the same gear, and all of all, yeah, all kind of like of, of a somewhat similar sort of hard, strong style, and can add in the uh, the, the Zach sort of catches can stuff, and yeah, because I mean, you don't don't you can't look past the fact that Zach's aesthetic is very much like Ren's aesthetic. Like they're very aesthetically similar, and they're stylistically similar, and they both have I think similar philosophies about New Japan Pro Wrestling and where it needs to be. So I feel like the fact they find themselves here, and the fact that I said Ren's got maybe he's too big for his boots at the moment. He's wearing Shibata's boots and he's just he's not feeling them yet. And that's an area that I think he could explore. So yeah, I think it's it's sort of ready made for for that. And I don't I don't said I don't think I know people are very excited about Ren and I, I get it. And same so shooter, I get it. But you gotta remember just back from excursion, they're still young in their careers. They they will get humbled. That is the nature of this thing. They will get humbled and that is part of every young wrestler's development in New Japan pro wrestling is thinking they're better than they are because they've been away from the place for a little bit too long and they've forgotten how tough it is. Um, the fact that Ren has gone through this tournament has been as a, a bigger push you're going to get. A mega push to get to Re Wrestle Kingdom is still considered a massive push. The people that he's beaten to get to this mm. point is still a massive thing. As you said, Dave, there's no shame in losing to the world's best tournament wrestler. Yeah, no, there's none. Actually, so. Kid would be a good addition to that group too. Wouldn't he? What? Yeah, holy mm. shit! You're building a you're building a nice little stable there of these little arrogant pricks. Yeah. yeah. If Saber Gun doesn't happen, I'm going to be bloody disappointed now. But it <laughs> would make sense, right? That would make a lot of sense. Saber Gun with all of these angry, disaffected youth. Yeah, yeah, oh. and he harness harnesses them in his own image, like Suzuki is exactly. Done. Just like Suzuki did with the exact same thing with those guys that are all angry and bitter against New Japan Pro Wrestling and the way it presents it. And Zach's the perfect guy because he's constantly talking about New Japan and how they're promoting certain things and they're getting away from the true essence of what New Japan Pro Wrestling is. And what pro wrestling is. Yeah. What pro wrestling is. And he has proclaimed that this belt is going to be that belt that, that brings back that, that style of pro wrestling. You've got 15 minutes, 1v1, best man wins. That can be his belt. That can be the the embodiment of strong style, and that he builds his entire faction around that. To me, the he crafts an identity for the belt, and he crafts an identity for Sabergun all in one shot. I think that's the way to do it. I see, like him wearing the belt. He he's going to make that belt almost look like part of him. I just thought of it. So Sabergun, Ren, Zach beats him, and then Zach's like, "Look, if you want to join me and learn under my wing." You have to kill your father, Saber, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren killed Han Solo. Sabers are used in Star Wars. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it sounds like the beginning of a um, double feature there, Red. It does. <laughs> it does. You're heading I'm into a double saying. feature. Either that or a Tumblr account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think there's a lot of depth and story and interesting elements we can go uh, with that. Uh, so now we go to the opposite end of that spectrum. 
<laughs> to the never open weight title, Carl oh, Anderson uh, defends against Tama Tonga. I have a question here to make this palatable, and it's from the doctor. The doctor has come in to help with a question. I was just about to do, is this my peace break question? I was just about to say that. Talk about, yeah. You were talking about before, Dave, they have structured this show perfectly because this is the perfect time for people around the middle of the show to head off, get some drinks, take a piss. Hopefully it's the exact timing of a peace break where you where you get up, you go to the toilet, you come back out, you grab yourself a drink and it's over. That would be just chef's kiss. It also, it also a good time to what, uh, what sort of uh, food will you be eating at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, yes, yes. Stay tuned to find out. That was, yeah. a, that, that was a question too, Josh. It was it was a question, Red. But uh, you're on the show, so you have the capacity to ask said question during said show. <laughs> An interesting element that you have a power that uh, that very few wield, Red. Um, but Dr. Gary has asked at Dr. Gary Mariner on Twitter, uh, and this is a general question. I thought this is a good spot to put it because I'm, you know, we know what the story is of the Never Open Weight Title. We know what that's going to be. Everyone knows what's happening. But Dr. Gary asks, is Wrestle Kingdom 17 the center of the entire wrestling universe? New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, WWE, Stardom, and Noah Talent all on the same show. Unfathomable back in the day. And it is an interesting point about, because I know, Dave, you've been tracking it a lot across the year about how New Japan has sort of softened its stance in terms of working with others. It was very much the most isolationist company going for a long time in terms of it had its partners and no one else. Um, but we are seeing something here with the talent being showcased that is very curious. And I think people aren't really prepared, especially on Twitter. They're not quite prepared for what that actually means because they somehow believe that New Japan and WWE are going to have a partnership because mm. that this is happening. And they're not quite able to understand what the the essence of you know Japanese pro wrestling or what pro wrestling actually is in that sense of, this is what it used to be like, people. This is what, it, yeah. what pro wrestling was in the past. They're independent contractors, after all. It's funny that um, the man who ruined all of that is no longer running that company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a stunning. And now it's like the dove again. Yeah. Almost fucking immediately. Yeah, it's stunning yeah. how that happens. What? <laughs> what? That people used to, like, I know it's a hard thing for people to believe, but, like, this is back in the day, like WCW talent, like the Steiners were the greatest example. Steiners wrestled like New Japan, WCW, and WWF in like a three-month span. Like they were, and if yeah. they didn't get the money they wanted at WWF, they just go back to Japan. Like this is what people used to do back in the day. So it is awesome to see that Wrestle Kingdom has a space now where a platform where, as Dr. Gary says, there is there is a lot of talent from a lot across the world of pro wrestling being showcased and. It feels like the combination of the 50th years movement, I think. We, as I said, we've been mapping it um, and tracking it along the way. You know, This match is a throwback for me. Uh, I know that the whole everything that's going on about it with Machine Gun and blah, blah, blah. But this is definitely a throwback match for me because I remember, you know, seeing Kyle O'Reilly and uh, was it Kyle O'Reilly? And Adam Cole. Adam Cole, yeah. They're on one of the first Wrestle Kingdoms I ever saw and so you'd have these like you know, Western guys on the card and all that kind of stuff putting on a fantastic match. And then you'd I like to... I like how you called back to the match that no one ever cared about on Wrestle yeah. Kingdom as the the perfect equivalent. Yes, the ROH title match that was like third, <laughs> perfect, perfect equivalent. Yep. So you know, I mean, I mean, I really like that match. This match has already pissed off people before it's even started. 
um, you know, which I like. It's actually pretty cool. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to during this match frying up some buffalo wings. Uh, maybe just making myself like a cheeky chili pizza, a bit of garlic on there. Um, I'll probably have my masawas going. Um, you know, probably a couple of vodkas. There's no way you're doing masawas. Let's be real. I I am open to trying yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then shitting on it immediately. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. talk about what we're going to be. I don't having. like this, but can I have another one? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is dreadful if they take more sips. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I think Tamatonga needs to go into the next level. And I don't really think this match is going to do much for him. Like, he's already there. This, this is dragging him down, but yeah, he needs the belt. And yeah, that's it. it it's just that's it, and uh, there's not not going to be any relationship between WWE. They've just allowed a one-off. They've allowed Shin to go and do his thing, and Noah. Like they're just allowing these honorary, you know, respect of the wrestling. You've you've got the belt. You've just signed with the company. You've got to drop the belt. So they're just you know playing ball. I guess it's not going to mean anything. WWE's not going to open up the floodgates and have guys come over. I mean, AJ Styles has got injured, so you're not going to see him for a while. How well? Yeah, I mean, how? But my interesting part. This is the one thing. This is how petty. How petty is the modern regime of WWE? How does he lose it? Like, because it's like, does he does he just job clean, nice and clean there, or are they going to do some fuckery to protect the fucking machine gun and protect <laughs> WWE's investment? When was the last time he won a fucking match in WWE? Exactly. But I'm saying yeah. I'm just I'm throwing out the level of pettiness. I listened to Rocky Romero on um, the sessions with Renee Young talking about this, and he didn't sound very happy. <laughs> at all about the situation that had happened um he famously said um he goes all i told the guys was please don't screw me and they screwed me and he's like um it's led to he said it led to a very difficult situation he said i was the last he's like i was the guy who had to make the call to wwe and i'm over there like trying to organize dates and he's like i'm trying to figure this whole thing out this is it is what it is basically it is what it is um we had to make an angle out of it because that's all we could we didn't have any other option like we had to try to make and so this whole thing of like him being anti you know i'm the best and all that sort of shit that he's going this like mark versus the marks or whatever it's just them trying to make chicken salad and it's it is what it is um yeah what i don't like about it and i said this was like it's at the cost of hikaleo and i think that you just set him back again so now new japan and I think. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see there's some. I mean, as I said, if you're going to have to, I, you get the feeling like Hikalo is a key focus for them as well. So, yeah, because they've done such a good job to get him to where he needed to get to. Yeah, in the like, in the summer, you know, and then yeah, that's all I need to say about that. Yeah, match. that's yeah, all it yeah. needs I to mean, be said. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like it's like the center of the universe. I think that's really cool. Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the WWE universe can shove it. Yeah, and I don't ever want them to have anything to do with New Japan ever no, again. No, exactly. I I would not. I don't want to be the center of the WWE universe. I think ultimately, no. uh, pro wrestling is good when there's all these different forms of it available, and sometimes things just don't mix. Like we can have a platform for lots of pro wrestling, and that's great, but yeah. some places just don't fit, and that's okay. And WWE doesn't, doesn't fit. fit, um, and that's by their design they've they've crafted their own thing they wanted their own identity to be distinct and that's what they did and that's great they didn't want to be in the wrestling business they've made that clear from the get-go um 
New Japan Pro Wrestling's king of sports. You could not get more opposite of that. And Carl Anderson being there is further proof of it. And um, and we'll see it. We'll see the benefit of someone like a Mercedes has left that place to go to this place because she wants something different. That's mm. the point. So we don't want everything to be so similar that they can be connected and shared universe and they seek to lose their individuality and what makes them diverse. Like, Isn't it funny though? Like you have a, you have a guy like Jericho show what can be done given the, 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 the opportunity to kind of to, to switch mm. for a period and go in and do, you know, uh, whatever, a new presentation of yourself. And clearly that's an influence for, you know, those that have come after Mox, now Mercedes. Nah, not for Carl Anderson. And you're trying to tell everybody else that they're Marx. Like, yeah. dude, you fucking missed out on making huge money. No. You fucking idiot. Well, they came back and you, did the same gimmick. They never, they didn't reinvent at all. Shit that you always did because you got no creative brain for the business anymore. Yeah. You're, you're fucking checked out and checked in as far as like, yeah, give me the checks and that's all that matters. It's not yeah. about the art form for them. That's fucking more evident now than ever. Mm. So fuck you on your way. Squash match. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And especially a guy like Tama Tonga who has demonstrated the exact opposite of that. Where yeah, he is absolutely. Spent- yeah. Like what a... Slap in the f- yeah, yeah, but he spent anymore. a year crafting this character. You just want to be knows. like, it's his opportunity yeah. to go out there and defend New Japan. The winner of the concurso, like he won for best boy. Like the fucking fans love Tama Tonga. So if if anything, for Carl Anderson, for your respect for Tama Tonga, just be the prick heel and let Tama Tonga beat the absolute shit out of you. Yeah, and yeah. you do that and do business on the way out, and Tama Tonga can at least get that as being the defender of New Japan. And the never belt could perhaps be something that, you know, has that, I don't know, that, that's the one that needs the most work. So good luck, Tama. That's your new project for 2023. Then you can go and enjoy sitting on your ass for the next four years or however long your contract goes for in WWE because they're not going to use you. No, but you get paid. So at the end that's of the day, that's, that's it. But New Japan has been the home for the artists. Dude, that would be the only way I would ever sign, not, you know, not a wrestler. Yeah. But- like only reason you'd sign with WWE. Well, I'm not going to be a champ. Well, like, you can pay me to sit on my ass. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> sounds wonderful. Yeah, just pay me. Thanks. Um, Look, I'll I'll finish. I'll finish talking about this match. I'll just with my final comments. I've got a great recipe for loaded fries um, that involve like bacon, jalapenos, and chicken. It's a really really nice meal. I'm going to be having ribs. Send it to me, Red. Yes, we we can all make it. We can all make it. It'll be the never fries. Yeah, never fries. Never fries. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have my popcorn, chicken, my pizza, my ribs, my buffalo. Jesus Christ. uh, And fries all ready for the end of the show. And that's what I'll be doing during this match is I'll be plating it all up and getting it all ready. And then ding, 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 the match is over. And then I put the food out. And then everyone's sending us photos. um, Hashtag or at Josh to uh, WeWork Stiff, uh, (laughs) Stiff Foodomania, um, Stiff Dum. Yep. Dom, stiff Dom, food. Yep, stiffed and food. Yeah, and stiffed uh, and food. Okay. Food. We'll, yeah. we'll workshop the name. We'll workshop the name. Yeah. Wrestle eat. Yeah, wrestle eat. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what everyone should do during this match is we will rejoice over food and what the spread's going to be during this match. So we'll turn a negative into a very cool positive. And yeah. then Damatonga is going to have his hand raised. And uh, yeah, then we're going to go on to the next match. Okay, this is exciting times. Uh, 
this is not necessarily there's a match that people weren't necessarily happy to see because they wanted something more out of certain guys but the 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 speaking of greater romas there's some here uh we have the keiji muto retirement new japan retirement match keiji muto versus hiroshi tanahashi and uh keiji no, keiji muto hiroshi tanahashi and shota umino versus tetsuya naito sanada and bushi um so yeah, we've we've talked about this when it was announced. Obviously, we know what this is about. Um, but I did have a topic here and just it just said Dave Sonata. Dave and Sonata. Because Dave has been very proactive in the 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 level of Dave is convinced. He's convinced of his position with RE Sonata. Do we see it at Wrestle Kingdom, Dave? What you're thinking? Well, if Naito is being the cunt that he's been the last couple of weeks then yes yeah i don't think sonata is happy with naito i agree with you bullying of people weaker than him what is up with that what is going on there what is going on with that i mean that's the that's the ungovernable one but he's punching down yeah that's it and sonata's not happy about that i know i i remember we i watched that on that show dave and i said to you it is the most, I mean, as I said, what's the, the great meme? Like, I, I know authors that use subtext that are all cowards. It mm. was it was one of those where it's like, we're heading to Wrestle Kingdom. And that, to me, was the most glaring, we just want to hit this narrative beat over the head. All right, have Bushi and Naito. So Bushi backed him up as yeah. they attacked the referee after the match, beating up a, the poor young boy referee. And literally putting a move on him, kicking him in the face mm. and Sonata not being involved. And not only that, Sonata going over to help the referee and to look after him and to protect him. Asking him if he was okay. Yeah. And to stand above him and make sure he's fine. So all the, all the slight looks, the half head shakes, the, the question, like the, you know, the little nod mm. or the, what's got, what's that face about Sonata all through tag league when I'm yeah. like, something's up with Sonata. All of this, I don't know, all of this for me starts from when he wrestled Tai Chi. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that interaction that they had, which I watched that match again the other day. And there is a, a, a camaraderie between the two of them that is very interesting. And uh, watching it again, it's kind of like, and then after watching Tag League, going back to watch that again, uh, that was their... TV title match. Yep. That they had as part of the tournament. And uh, Tai Chi then went up to Kawada at the end. Yeah. But they had an interaction before the the, the, the peck pop thing. They they nearly exchanged masks at the mm. beginning of the match. Uh, then they sort of had, uh, uh, sort of like after Sonata won the match, they had a bit of a chat to each other. They, fist they sort of fist bumped. And um, yeah, from that point, the, 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 I feel like Sonata is missing the brotherhood um, now that evil is no longer a, a part of Los Ingonables. And uh, he has kind of not liked certain aspects of what Naito was doing through Tag League. I can't remember specific things, but there were just moments that I picked up on. There's one spot where he walked out after they won a match shaking his head. 
That yeah. went, that, that was like, okay, that's pretty telling. Like you don't shake your head in disgust after winning. And uh, at the end of whenever there's a, a multi-man tag, Sonata is always the last person to do the fist up. To, and he takes his join. time, doesn't he? He looks down, he thinks about it. Yeah, it's been noticeable. Yeah. But it was at that Coroquin where they said, okay, we've been we've been dancing at Shadows a little bit here. We've been jumping. Like I said, you started it. And then I think midway through Tag League, I remember I think I said, okay, yeah. I think, I think when I saw him shake his head after winning a match, I'm like, okay, something's up. And everyone's like, oh, I've been talking on certain discords and been around because people are starting to sort of pick up on this thing, which is a that's New Japan storytelling 101. It's yeah, like it's, little... it's been happening in front of your eyes for a long time. You, when do you catch on to it? And it was like at the, the little hints. Yeah. And then at Coric, yeah. when they're like, all right, we we gotta we gotta make it pretty clear before we get to Wrestle Kingdom that Sonata is not for this fuckery. And it's like it's the same trio that was there, Naito, Bushi, and him. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the same trio. And it's uh, it, it's against Muta, his old his uh, mentor. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling that something happens at the end of the match, whether they win or not, I'm not sure. And Naito might be naughty Naito. He's going to mock the do- fuck out of Muta. Mm. Yeah, I think it might be something like that. And he may well do the fist thing. And Bushi puts his fist up and Sonata may not. No. Well, if they, they might they could do something where they channel when evil I mean, one of the very one of the very few cool things that evil did in that, that transition when the when Nida put the fist up and evil did the did the switch to the bullet club thing, which is very mm. was gangster. I mean they could do something similar in the sense where you know Sonata just goes full Muto and just like fucking just starts doing his Muto shit and just goes off. It's also it's just interesting. I'm mean, this is just speculating, throwing off conspiracy stuff, but like Shoda's there too, and Shoda's factionless and he's the baby face kind of thing. So there's this idea that there's potential that Sonata could transition like the the switch, like we often think about, oh well Sonata's gonna be pairing up with Tai Chi. But often in New Japan it doesn't happen quite like that. It doesn't happen like that. Oh, no, no, no. It's not. It's not that it necessarily has to happen. I just they're just things that I'm noticing as like impetus for change. Even if the but the transition of the change is is common. So the idea that like when, for instance, when I was thinking before, when Desperado came back, Desperado was in chaos. Like he was in he was in um, Hontai. He wasn't in Suzuki Gun. He was. It took him a while to get to that spot. Jay before he went to Bullet Club was in chaos. Like they they take those little gaps little moments mm. between that i'm saying that maybe it all leads to sonata and tai chi but it doesn't mean that sonata betrays lij to join tai chi it means that no. he may just want to leave lij because he doesn't feel like that represents him anymore and though he goes to the the baby faces of tanahashi and muto and shota as like i fit and he fits in there perfectly literally straight across his gear will be telling. Whatever he's wearing, if he's wearing some mm. colourful shit, that boy's leaving. Like, it'll be interesting to see what's happening with him because it's that Corican sold me. I, I I inflated in the Discord. I think I Miss Doom flagged it too. It was like I was like, you saw that? It's like, yeah, that was so overt that it was made mm. it very clear that that Sonata is not here for for Naito's, bull, Naito's bullshit. Also on the way out, Naito was, what was he doing? He was kind of having, looking up at 
because Shooter kind of was doing the thing where he's following him around after yeah. and that sort of thing. And then he was out of the ring and Sonata was sitting on the ring apron in the distance and kind of just looking back at him and not real sure. And that, and also, just... just so we know, that's the match, that that's the rivalry coming out of this and I'm entirely here for it. Shooter and Naito. Mm. That's, you want to get Shooter where he needs to be? That's your first matchup. Yeah, yeah. That's your first rivalry. So, like the see me yeah. thing. Yeah. You need to see me. You need yeah. to see me. Recognize me. I, Naito, I know you're trying not to see me, but I'm not Naito going looking everywhere but at him. Yeah. And yeah, perfect. In regards to the match, Muda's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal, man. I watched Muda in a match against Tanahashi. When was it? 2016. When That was before we had his hip surgery, though. Like, he's yeah. he's not... He's not dreadful, dreadful. No, I'm I'm, no, I'm just saying, like you know, it's it's the storyline. I'm I mean, comparatively, but he's yeah, not look, dreadful. He, he's going to be a hell of a lot better than Ric Flair. They'll just wrestle around him, yeah, and let him do. He was no a champion this year, though. <laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's been world champion this year, so like he's not. It's not that he's impossible to move. He just isn't at the level those guys are. But, um, but I think that he'll get by on charisma. Oh yeah. And I mean, right. I, I mean, I, I have no doubt that I, even without all the Sonata and Naito stuff, that thinking that like with with Sonata loving Muda so much, that there is the possibility for Naito to sort of go a bit overboard. And during the match, Sonata sort of like stopping him at one point. So there, there is that sort of, sort of stuff building up there. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a pretty solid match. You know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And but I think the expectation of what's going to happen after the match might actually supersede the actual match itself. Yeah. And as I said, I think the, the Naito, the Naito Shota rivalry getting kicked started off of this sounds like a perfect opportunity to do that. Also I'm 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 curious as to why Naito is now taking this route. What what has why this under him? Why? Yeah, it was old, wasn't it? It was post it's post G one and I think it was his whole thing was about not being about them not listening to him. I think the tag league, he talked about the tag league that, and this sounds really odd, but he was talking about they need to be more open. They need to open up for more teams. He wanted like AEW. He wanted like, he wanted uh, all Japan. He wanted teams from everywhere to come in. And he sort of did classic, you know, the classic Naito bullshit, kayfabe, Tokyo sports thing. But he's like, they're not listening to me. They're not, he, he went full into the whole, they're not listening to me angle. Um, of the the thing so he's going back to his anti-company position which then suggests to me that he's going back to the full full cunt um and as crowds are being able to cheer he's going to go back to being the full ungovernable i guess and maybe shingo's echoing him maybe him and shingo are going to get tighter out of this they're both becoming a bit more maybe shingo's going to become ungovernable because he's doing that whole gimmick as well anti-company so it could be a way they're positioning them because I'm because especially if they like if you think if they're going to pair up against Shoda, they might pair them all up against the baby faces of the company and make it that be the story they're going to tell. You know these these golden boys versus the outsiders. What a great way to bring um, Moxley back too. Yeah, um, yeah. that's I how think, it leads. Yeah. That's where it leads. I man. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I mean, I like I like the idea of this match. I think it's I think it's cool. It's good to get them all on there. Uh, you know, it'd be great for 
big fans of Tana and Naito to see them in a in a specials match, but you uh, singles match, but you know why it's happening. Um, but I, yeah, I think that uh, the Sonata thing for me is what is most interesting. And it'd be yeah. great, wouldn't it, if they use that match to help Sonata? Like that'd be yeah. just so. Yeah. That'd be the best use of that match. Ultimately, I mean, either either help Shota or help Sonata. Help one of those boys leave this match as the thing. If they can help them both, that's yeah. that's like that's like alchemy, you know. I mean, they. I mean, they could do it. They could help them both. They could do a thing where Sonata doesn't fist bump, walks out of yep. the ring, and then Shota gets a moment to stand over Naito. Yeah, beats Shota. Like, Naito. Yeah undeniably has to look at him now they have to yeah have yeah. to pay him attention now exactly yeah, you, you need to pay attention to me yeah yeah and That'd then be... you know muda can get the pin on bushi so, uh, <laughs> he can eat the pin for muda because muda's not jobbing um unreal just a perfect a perfect moment a perfect well, moment Sonata goes full shit heel and turns on muda I mean that would be an interesting. I mean that would be an interesting way to set up. I mean that's how you heat up that Black Saints thing. Yeah, yeah. If if he goes, if he starts beating up his dad, then it's a sign that he's moving yeah. with Tai Chi immediately. They're moving in together. If you just start pounding him into the into the ground, constantly. And those two, man, I would, I want to see those two as a tag team. Those two would be great. You know, you, I loved oh. Dangerous Techers, but Sonata and Tai Chi. There's just. Yeah. There's, there's some weird chemistry there cool. between those two. Yeah, that would be the Black Saints. Mm. Just mm. Oh. Imagine, imagine if Sonata developed like the rip-off tearaway pants too. <laughs> well, they already kind of dressed somewhat similar. Yeah. Particularly lately, because Sonata's been wearing Suzuki Gun colors like black, white, and gold. Yeah, I know. For ages now. And yeah. their gears kind of, he's kind of got the cape and the mask and the he does like half mask. And like you fucking, what's going on here? There's something going on. And now Sonata's got some new merch, like thirty-seven something. Like I don't know what he's. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. That's in reference to how many women he slept with <laughs> this week. <laughs> I mean, he called he called Tai Chi and Sonata the cold penguins. Um, I mean, I'd love to see the paradise lock put in place. Then Tai Chi removes his pants. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that would just be creepy to see. As a- they honestly yeah. just fit. They they have to be a team. It has to happen. Imagine if they started singing as they walked out together. Like Sonata just starts crooning. No, Sonata just puts the ear up. Sing for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that I think that Tai Chi would just bring out a different dynamic in Sonata that could really elevate Sonata. And then maybe that's that maybe that's Tai Chi's role is to build up other guys. He seems really good at it. Yeah. Maybe they can build it together. Because Zach did that lovely yeah. thing talking about how he was holding Tai Chi back, you know. Mm. Tai Chi, you're the be- you're one of the best in the world. People will see it. That was lovely. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. boys. And I think they will prove it when they wrestle each other. Mm. Good God. When that happens, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, they messed around and created Golden Lovers 2.0, you know, like – yeah. Dangerous techers are that. They're what people they're what people in the internet tell you the golden lovers are. That's who dangerous techers are, you know? Good stuff. Yes, great stuff. I love that that's we we've like the Sonata watch has been a big part of the show. If you've been following the show, the Dave, if this happens, I'll tell you, Dave is taking off all of the pants, he's taking everything off, he's going for a run around. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter. I'll post it on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll drive the numbers. Okay. Uh 
Uh, we head to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match of Ishimori versus Hiromu versus El Desperado versus Master Wato in a four-way match. Um, pretty high on the card for for this third from the top for the juniors, um, and He's, rightfully so in all respects. Eagerness. Yeah. I'm trying to watching anxiety is going to be fucking <laughs> through the roof. Master, if Master Wato starts climbing up like what Will Ospreay did, just oh, yeah. not. I'm sorry, no. buddy. Just <laughs> we don't. What He's I, already dead. What I like about it is it's, it's such a different type of junior match because it's not the the high spot spectacle of the past. There's there's a couple of guys that will try some things. That will they'll try some like Despi and Hiromi will probably try some things, but it's more the there's stars like there's two legitimate stars in the match. Yeah. Um. Like when you see the poster New Japan did for the 50th thing, Despi and Hiromi are both there. Like it's so good to see Despi get to that spot. And we have that this match has sort of been sort of cooled down a little bit since the big sort of angle that, that built to it. But you just know, Master, for me, it's like, I'm just going to be day, I'm borrowing your Wato watch. I'm just going to be watching the guy and just hoping and pray. I'm just going to be like, my support of this will just be just, just do your best, son. Just, just show out, please. Yeah. Please. I think he will show out. And I think a lot of his showing out will be him just getting fucking slapped the fuck out of and then fighting back that'll yeah. be how he gets himself over would be like i'm not taking this shit anymore but isn't it great that and that's been building over a period of time yeah yeah it has isn't it great that he's like he's figured out a way to build a character i think almost organically in relation to it's a character in relation to despy but hiromu is the same where they just kind of pick on him because they just treat him as like this little like he just they just not like a joke but they just don't take him seriously mm. and he's trying to take himself seriously and <laughs> like he's trying to prove that he's a serious boy and so he just gets involved in these um yeah these scuffles with guys like despy and despy's the best at it because despy's like him. i just like the despy's gimmick it doesn't have to there's no grand narrative he just like i just don't like the guy and that's mm. it starts from that. Like I just think this guy's a dick and I think he's stupid and what's a master Wato? And like I think it's all silly. <laughs> and he's just gonna make a whole character from it. And I could I could see them doing it. I think it'd be like it'd be nuts, but I could see them saying, All right, Master Wato, you're gonna yeah. get the belt and we're gonna make we're gonna try to make a star out of you on this thing. Or we're gonna affirm Despy. I think to me, I mean Despy's the guy, right? Despy's the guy. Like, he's the man. Um, but from this, hopefully the stories come from it. I think there's opportunities. There's four guys in there. Hiromu's kind of, like, floating. Like, he doesn't really have... He's kind of a bit aimless. Um, off the back of an awesome Super Junior Tag League, we've got to see a lot of fresh young juniors that are coming through. Who's the, you know, who's the guy that can take the division forward? I think Ishimori's basically the ultimate placeholder champ, and that's what he mm. always is. And he's been that. He's great at that. He's Just, talking about. Did you see the interview recently that he did? He's talking yeah. about going for the wanting to be in the G one and yeah. fucking going for the world title belt. And I like, do what I want. Piece of, yeah, I want a piece of all the action. Yeah, I defend. It's like, have you looked in the mirror, son? Like, I don't think yeah. Japan's <laughs> going to give you the push. It's like Kashida's looking back, going, "If they put him in the G one, I'm going to fucking kill someone." Like, <laughs> um, but like you said, Kashida's out there. You know, he's this myth. Like, he's the guy that was supposed to be in the match. Mm. So, what the story is, how they're going to go about it, I don't know. 
I don't know what the direction they're going to go. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, I mean they could they could uh, do the Despy thing, or they could do a thing where it's uh, Wato wins and maybe Kashida comes out challenges. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited for it. I don't really care who wins. I think whatever happens will be something interesting. I think the yeah. I think either Despy or Wato, uh, based on potential for where it goes from there. I think. Uh, I don't know about Hiromu, what's going on with him at the moment. There doesn't seem to be too much outside of this match. So we'll see. I got a um a question here off the back of that because I just want I just was thinking this. I put it here and I just you know we've always said like what is like the way to the grandmaster? What is that? Like what is that? Like he's Master Wato, but his whole gimmick is way to the grandmaster. Like there is some person or something out there, the Grandmaster, that he's just wow. never revealed it. I always thought it was Wave to the Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, hello, if he goes by. But I, I wonder if this faction shakeup. It's a question from Down Bad Patrol at Renee's Cursed. If you had the book, what would be some of the faction shakeups post Wrestle Kingdom? We have talked a lot about them, but I am interested about Wato because I feel like he's one of those guys that could really benefit from being in an actual defined identity place. Because I think a lot yeah. of what New Japan struggles with for these young guys that are coming back from excursion, if they don't land in a faction that has a pre-established identity, they basically can't figure their own one out. Like they kind of get lost from an identity. You know, Kontai, Chaos, Space, it's not the greatest spot to develop a, a character that's really defined, you know, and Wato hasn't really got that. Versus you see like guys like Eldest Barato that once they get into Suzuki Gun or once you get guys uh, that go in the Bullet Club, they get a predefined thing straight away that you know where they're coming from. Or like an Okan in United Empire going straight back with Will, he had a pretty clear defined, we are the conquering guys, you know, that helped him get a character pretty clearly. Mm. Wato didn't have that. So I'm interested if he needs to join someone or be a part of a shakeup to, to really be able to, see that next step of his of his development you know the wherever the the grandmaster lives you know wato gun um it would be <laughs> cool when you know we're gonna get into it but when um jay reforms chaos it would be cool to see in what direction <laughs> uh if, if wato joined that version of chaos and sort of we got bit, i mean i always do this I mean, if you listen to what I talk about whenever a guy joins something, it's always about him going bad. You know, like Leo, uh, you know, <laughs> like it's all about everyone just turning heel. But Wato joining Chaos eventually and then sort of like going in more of a dickish role, I would like to see the sort of more of a bad guy version of him. Like, It'd be interesting if he can be a bad guy because he seems like such a sweet, sweet boy. Yeah, but sort of like a dangerous standover martial artist, you know what I mean? Like an enforcer. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm open to anything with Wato. I think he's definitely getting better. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see. You know, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about him being like, uh, you know, he's almost like an afterthought and mm. it, didn't, it didn't hit. Uh, he needs, he probably does need something. I think this is great, but what's next? Because uh, you don't want to just now that he's sort of somewhat established up there with the uh, a young guy f sort of nipping at the heels of the, the, the top guys. Yeah. You want that to continue because that's, that's good. good. That's good for him. It's good for the division. 
It's a dangerous character, though, if you get stuck in the guy that's got to be the plucky underdog. That wants, you, it's a Yoshihashi areas. You know, yeah, you just got to be very know. careful with it. Yeah. And um, like you said, maybe it's like he's there for a while and then moves on to something else. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, you're an undefinable character in an undefinable faction. It's yep. Sort of like a kind of a shit spot. Yep. You'd and want some he, clarity at some point. When he came back, he was like a pair of tens on. It's like that's not going to help, you know. Like it's a weird yeah. pairing to begin with. Like it, and trying to help him get up, it just it was never. He was he didn't get the greatest start, and it meant that now I feel like it's his start. Like this is his start. Wrestle Kingdom, we see Wato. So just do your best. Don't fuck up, kid. That's kind of my hope. Is just do your best because if you can get through the match unscathed and you do everything right. I think people will get behind him because he's the, the way the I think the way the story is going to be booked is going to be very similar to maybe what they did with the Forbidden Door show of like the Clark Connors, where it's like you're the one that we're going to help get. Like all these established guys are going to help you get to that next level. Um, I feel like they'll do a very similar thing for Wato in this match. So if he can rise to the occasion, then I think it could he could leave as a you know capturing a whole new fan base behind Wato, who then can also become frustrated by his progression in 2023 um but yeah i feel like that might be where it's headed but who knows i feel like despy wins and feuds of wato would be the way i'd go yeah okay it, we, we've arrived iwgp united states title match the dave Meltzer classic will osprey versus kenny omega um i'll just go general thoughts general thoughts on this on this spectacle that's about to unfold in the double main event what are you thinking redhead what are you feeling a week out from from this well i know there's going to be 20 false finishes and <laughs> yes I, I got that's a question we got from at wcw gold how many false finishes will kenny will have uh oh, i'm saying 20 20 uh, just a few yeah look i mean you said it before kenny omega is a star in japan and like once again, Will Ospreay, and they've had like the the whole animosity between the two of them with the cease and desist. Uh, you know, even Will deliberately hitting the one winged angel, smellness came from that. Then he stopped the pin, so someone finally kicked out of it. Uh, you know, so like they've kind of like been hinting at this all year. Uh, you know, I guess what I'm more, what, I guess what I'm sort of keen to see is can they bring that animosity to each other in the ring? Like, can we see? The, the, can I see the match turn into a brawl? Can I see actual genuine heat between two guys? Like mm. when you saw Brett and Sean fight, you know, you could tell that the two of them didn't like each other, but they damn sure as hell respected each other. Like that was always a cool thing going back to that. I'm not comparing Bret Hart and Sean Michaels to Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Well, you, you can. I mean, it's probably not a bad comparison. I mean, you can. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, well, you know, I mean, and I, and I already know what Will Ospreay, he's, he's been amazing the last couple of years. I mean, you talk about a guy who has gone from being something to the main event, like the, his character trajectory in the last couple of tra- trajectory, tra- mm. trajectory, whatever that word is, uh, his trajectory, that, that thing, retractor, um, his character, what he's done with himself, inventing new moves for himself, going from the juniors to the heavies to being champion very interesting to see in what direction he's going to be. But seeing Kenny back, we want to see the best dart machine. We want to hear his music. I want to hear that music so bad. <laughs> I don't want to hear what he's got now. I want to hear that dun, 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 dun. You know, him come out to that. I want to see the cleaner. 
I want to see the cleaner. Like I've got all these things that I want to see. I've got like well, a, I want to see the cleaner. <laughs> we avoid the cleaner for a bit. No, I want to. I've got like a, a bingo. I'd like to have an like invent a bingo card for this game. Like Will Ospreay jumps off something very high. Um, Kenny yeah, does be the, the alternative thing. The Melsa you know, like, checklist will be there for sure. The, I want to see the planned botches. The like. I like what you said though, Red. The interesting part is the idea of they have sort of told a story of a bit of animosity. Like the idea is and, and disrespect, ultimately disrespect that Kenny does not respect Will Ospreay um, and thinks that he has been a failure. So, and in the interactions we've seen with them, it has been little brother kind of energy of Osprey, like trying to punch up against this guy and try to prove that he belongs and trying to bring viciousness. Now I with you, I think that they need to do that. That needs to be the way they tell the story of the match. Um, which will be really fascinating to see how far they go into that because that is what people will be expecting. They'll be coming in saying, we want to watch the spot fest of these two guys. And what they may get is something that is more akin to a Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom, a particular New Japan main event style where it's going to be a protracted affair built heavily on story and built very early on establishing an identity for the match and who's who and what they're going to do. And I, I, I'm with you. I think that will bring a level of physicality because that's who Will Ospreay is now. That's what he does. Like his finishes are brutal. Like that's his whole point. Like he's going to beat you into submission. Um, I think a big part of the story of the match is just, as I said, is the curiosity is Kenny's obviously ramping himself up. Um, he's looking in good nick. He's looking ready and ready to go. Um, and it's that opportunity where I think it's a dream match in the sense of, you know, forums are very excited about this. The internet wrestling community is very excited about this. But for people like us who are following story, it's like, to me, it's the opportunity to to, to really crown Will Ospreay as the, the wrestler of the year in the sense that for people that really appreciate what pro wrestling is in terms of like, or what a pro wrestler is, like you can't deny the guy has had a year unlike anybody in the sense that he has wrestled in multiple promotions, wrestled multiple styles, wrestled multiple guys, and is always elevating everybody. It's ironic. He drops the elevate song and now he's continued to do like in the past, he was the elevated one and now he's elevating everyone else. Like he is, I was never an Osprey fan. I was, I was never an Osprey defender or anything like that, but you just can't deny at this point, you just cannot deny the, the output. And he's going in there against a guy who years ago, had held the very similar reputation. Um, and so it's a really interesting dynamic, isn't it? That Osprey um, for Omega, it's his opportunity to try to prove that he is still the guy. And in many respects, beat up a uh, evolved version of himself. Um, so that's kind of a cool concept to sort of see play out. Um, and if you're Omega, you must be devastated that, uh, that Osprey is the evolution of you. Like, ah, oh, fuck, what have I spawned? Um, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's the story is being told is, is, um, is who's the, um, is Omega still the man and is Osprey who he says he is. And I feel like, yeah, we'll find out. I guess that's the idea. Like the real who's your daddy match. I'm interested in, I think Omega, I think Omega's signed too. That's my other thing. I think he's going to win the US belt. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go in the other direction. I think Will wins. 
Yeah, I think Will's going to wrestle. I think there's a direction that's happening. And Karen's uh, Karen watches wrestling has already sort of hinted at the thing, and I agree with her. And we had mentioned it before. I think that the, these top two matches switch. I think mm. it's that's that's where we're headed. But um, I know it's not exactly your style of match, Dave. But is there? Um... Oh, I'll, I'll yeah, I'm sure I'll enjoy the match. <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, fuck, what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like you sound like me. It's like, talk about the storyline. The match is going to be good. They're going to do moves. Like, I don't care. Let me watch it. Yeah. Um, well, here's a question for you, Dave. Uh, and off the back, uh, Shaq in the Discord has asked about do we oh, reckon shit. that Kota Abushi will make his return during the Omega versus Osprey match at Wrestle Kingdom? If he does, how do we see him coming back? Now, this is off the heels of uh, Kenny Omega wearing the Kota Abushi shirt on AEW TV this week. And not only the Kota Abushi shirt, he's wearing the shirt that Kota gave him when they reunited the Golden Lovers. Kenny, does he is as subtle as a sledgehammer. And also, too, not to mention, they showed Coda signs at AEW on the hard cam, plus Kenny's dark match where he was saying, you're not Will Ospreay, you're not Coda Ibushi, yeah. Those two people he singled out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, take it away, Dave. Take it away, Dave, with this question. Uh, my answer is no, I don't think we'll see Coda Excellent, Dave. That's what I want to see. <laughs> the coochie's in the house, baby. He's still running this shit. <laughs> My answer is yes. Uh, this is where my premonitions have been coming. I have been waking up and seeing the Kota Ibushi song. Yeah. Yeah, Golden Star. Just leave Golden Star, Red, and then you're good from there. Um, uh, yeah, why else am I hearing that song when I wake up? I don't know, Red. Maybe check your alarm. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'd like to see it, but... I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I care probably less about this match than anybody else on the planet. Yeah, I know. We, we're probably aware of. Uh, I think it'll be great, but I don't care. <laughs> Unless they can tell us a compelling story off the back of it. Because I just don't give a shit about anything that Kenny's done since he fucking brought out that ridiculous video before he wrestled Tano. Wrestled. Tano. I do think that. The Coda stuff, you've got to be mindful of Kenny too, is that he's often projecting, he's hoping, he's wishing mm. for stuff to happen. And he's any he, and he believes that he can push them the company to do stuff a certain way. He's done that forever. <laughs> and he's like, maybe I can pressure them into it. Um, and sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't. And that's oh, look, kind if of if it happens, I just want it to be on Coda's terms, because clearly there was something going on there. He wasn't yeah. really well. So if he's ready and able, then yes, great. Hopefully, hopefully he's in the right place to do something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this will be a great match. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I, I think it'll be very entertaining. Yes, yeah. it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. Yeah, it, is. it is a spectacle. It'll be the entrances will be fun. The dynamic between them will be great. Um, I really hope that uh, – I think it'll be great because Will will really uh, – because there'll be a lot of AEW fans and stuff, but maybe have an experience Will Osprey in Japan. So that'll be great from that perspective because their only, um, their only sense of who he is is what he was when he went to AEW, and that's a somewhat filtered version. And Dave, 
this could also be the case of Omega. Yeah, I know. I was about to say, there'll even be AEW fans who've never seen Kenny Omega in New Japan. Yeah. Like, Yeah, so that'll be interesting to what to how they uh, how Kenny presents himself will be interesting. What the entrance is, if he does do the, uh, the Terminator stuff, what version of Kenny that he presents himself as. Uh, I know I'm less interested in... <laughs> post Wrestle King, Kingdom Kenny as well. I, as far as I'm concerned, he can do this match and fuck off back to AEW. <laughs> don't give me shit. No, I don't really want him back in AEW. That's just me. I just... Yeah. I I sort of looked at the past a lot with, with wrestling and because I enjoyed Kenny in New Japan so much, I, I, I long for that again. The uh, Okada series and everything, those three matches are some of the greatest matches of all time. And It takes a lot for me to nostalgia pop, Red. So... Uh, I, I dig that. When people when people shit on a company and and try to burn it down on the way out, like mm. the way that they did, in a lot of respects, uh, that's that, that. I'm I, I'm not in my personal life. I'm very forgiving. In my wrestling watching life, I'm very unforgiving. So, but there's money in that though, Dave, because he shat on Jay specifically. So there's money in that. Yeah, I get it. Like that's a story you can you can go to that story. You can go to you can do lots of stories with it. You could. Are they stories? Are they stories that I am interested in personally right now? No, that's just the reality of me as a as a as a fan. Like I said, I'm the I'm the person on this planet least in the the least interested in this match. I am a complete opposite to you, Dave. I am so unbelievably excited for this match. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be moves galore. <laughs> But also, too, it's going to be like, <clears throat> what does happen? And I, I am a forgiving person in my personal life and in my wrestling life. And I am more than happy for Kenny to r- return back to New Japan in some sort of capacity. I think it would be good for the company. I think there's money to be made there, particularly yeah. with Jay and also factions and all that kind of stuff. Like, what's going to happen there? But I mean, like, yeah, I think this match is going to be really super important, really hyped up. Going to be, I think it's going to deliver, number one. And I actually have some smellness of something big I feel is going to happen. Probably, yeah, probably equally as big as what's going to happen in the main event. But I think something very big is going to happen in this this match that's going to be uh, pre- proceeding with 2023. I think it's going to be a storyline that is going to be told at the start of this year. And it's going to go through for the remainder of the year with New Japan and Kenny Omega. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think Kenny. I think Kenny's signing up for something. That's. I just feel like he is. I just feel like, rightly or wrongly, whether you want to or not, I think that I can see. I think they can see the potential of the money that can be made domestically. I think he'll be a feature player in terms of highlighting for big shows. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We will see. But I think that. Um, I just, I just get that sense that that's the direction that we're going to go. We'll talk about in the main event. Everything for me depends on what version of Kenny it is. Like yeah. I can be, I can be won over. But if it's pissy, whingy, whiny, AEW Kenny, then uh, yeah. what did you think of the? What did you think of the vignette? The the entitled Kenny, the I'm better than you, I'm above this I thought it, Kenny. I thought it was it's better good. than anything I've seen for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a clear character, right? That he that is a heel. But he doesn't think he's a heel. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's more interesting. But than... better than his, I would say, better than his heel presentation as an AEW, where he's like the over the top 
like Acme Corporation heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, better than yeah, better than whatever it was in AEW. I, that yeah, that whatever that is over there. Uh, yeah. it, it's twenty. So we want 2017-2018, Kenny. Yeah, that kind of. I don't. Kind of I don't know if I want that back. Even it just if, if he does something that is a bit different and interesting, then I'll be interested. But if he comes into an AEW shitbag, Kenny. Yeah. And I don't... And I fucking, uh, you know, and like I like Don Callis as a commentator, but yeah, it, it, as a pair up with Kenny, I think I don't like that. I never have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dude, I just don't like Kenny Omega. Mm. I'll put it, I'll, I'll, and that's fair enough. And you know, I respect. But if he plays a heel, then you can you can not like him and still have him in featured spots. You know, like you yeah. can be actively. I'm sure that if if he's so, yeah, of course, he'll get used, and he'll probably get used in storylines with people that I really like, and that's okay. Just at this point in time, I can be swayed. I'm open to changing mm-hmm. my idea, but it's going to take a bit because, like. They fucked New Japan on the way out in a big way. And, um, you know, I'm all for building bridges. You can be, I mean, we can be generous and say they naively fucked them in the sense that they were, their ignorance led them to this situation. You could be, you could be generous if you wanted to be, but I'm with you that the way they left, they had this belief that, that for some reason it was going to work. And obviously Harold May at the time, the, the CEO at the time wasn't open to, doing any business as well so there was issues on both sides yeah yeah but they weren't the way they dealt with it and handled it wasn't great and as i said if you're a jay white fan the way that kenny in particular went after him was not nice and i also think too that like the what like the pretentiousness that he had in that tana match before wrestle kingdom doing the you know i want wrestling to be presented in my way in some fucking convoluted yeah video game format that makes zero sense to anyone other than perhaps him. Yeah. It's like, like it wanted to release a 26 minute fucking yeah. video, but like dude. Yeah. And like just, just this ego on another level. And I know it's wrestling and that's what it is, but it's not all about you. And no. that's what I don't like about Kenny is like the elements become just all about him. Mm. That's boring. That's boring to me. But it can work. I, I'm with you, but it can work in the right context versus the right people. And I think that he needs – and Os- here's the thing. Osprey versus him is an opportunity for people to see really great wrestling and it'll be awesome yeah. and that sort of stuff. But yeah. Jay versus him gives people opportunity to reveal all of those critiques you have of Kenny. Jay can bring them out. He can – because they're, his, they're the parts of Kenny that – they're the elements that Jay can – Babyface himself against Kenny, and mm. I think that that to me is that to me is the story that has to happen. That that's to me has always been the story that had to happen. Is that Kenny Jay was seen as a Kenny replacement, and he's no replacement. And and let's not forget, it, it's been part of the narrative the entire time. As Jay said, the wrong guy asked me to join Bullet Club. The wrong guy. He's always been anti Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega has been always been anti Jay, even in kayfabe in the stuff. So when it became like shoot, where he's like they put up this guy and he's fucking they're trying to make him the next Kenny Omega. There's no there's only one Kenny Omega. It wasn't Will Ospreay he was talking about. It was Jay White. It was always Jay White. 
So they've made, they've sort of adapted that story to fit this Kent, this Will Ospreay thing. But the long-term story is not that. The long-term story is, is Jay White. And if, but to be that, Kenny has to be the heel. Has to we be also need to. We also need to remember that New Japan does a thing at Wrestle Kingdom where we all think we know where we're going <laughs> at Wrestle Kingdom, and then they decide to go. No, you don't know fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. So, as much as we think this is predictable that it's going in this direction or that direction, yeah, uh, don't fucking yeah. count your chickens because there's a good chance that there's yeah. a good chance that they will do the old uh, Okada versus Naito and. Fuck all the Naito fans out of what they want. (laughs) So you might see, you might see, uh, yeah, Kenny get his walking papers. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll go on to Jay and Osprey. They they use an opportunity to bury him. It's like we've signed him to bring him back so we can bury him. And then Osprey gets a 20 minute video before the match of Osprey talking about sharks. So I'm I'm not predicting these last two matches. Yes, yeah, that's fair. I just I don't I don't want to try and guess no. how who's going on from who because I'm I'm actually interested more particularly the main event more so uh, in the nuances of the what happens within the structure of the match and that's a good point, Dave. And I'll if we go to the the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title is Jay White defends against Katsucha Okada. I'm interested, there's one point I think, and I think it's probably not talked about perhaps enough in these things, is that you talked about there like the the directions that could go in a main event match. New Japan main events, are they have their own style and everything, but they, especially Wrestle Kingdom main events, they hint to more than just one direction. You know what I mean? Like they often hint to the entire year's direction in the actual body of the match over the promos after all that there's always not just the combatants themselves but where we think that person is going by the way they act the way they work the way like the story of the year is told the upcoming year is almost always told in those main event situations so it's it's as you said it's very difficult to project without seeing the match because you go once you start watching it you can either be get a bit of confirmation by if you're seeing things that fit to it but it's so intricate and it's so detailed in terms of where it potentially could go. And this match in particular has, as we've talked about, it's been a tracking thing we've done the whole time. Like it's cold, like it's cold and Jay's now doing Twitter heating. Um, But it feels like the story that they've been telling is the one that we have been seeing. And it's been playing out in front of our eyes for years, you know, that, and it's a basic story. It's not very complicated of Jay and Okada. And we all think it's going one way. That's the whole point. As you said, it's like the Okada in the Anoki tribute night with doing his Anoki tribute act, finally gets his win in Japan versus the foreign guy who's come up through the system. It, it's just all built for that, isn't it? It's just built for that. And if it's, it happens, it's a predictable finish and it makes sense relative to the story. But as you said, Dave, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like that's it just doesn't feel like that's the story that they're trying to tell, even though they've said it the whole time. It's, it's such an odd main event it's such an odd position because it's counter to the other one the other one is like you could just you could have announced that without any story and be fine people would watch Mm. it yeah and this one feels like you got to convince people and they'll be coming off the back of that spectacle off the back of this just spectacular match they've they've definitely got a tough match to have off to follow that match particularly like it's gonna be it's gonna be great 
it's going to be phenomenal. So make Carter Wrestle Kingdom main event. Yeah. Like, and Jay's had the same things where he's had plus five star main events at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, he's not, this is not something that he's not familiar with. Like, um, was it five and a half or whatever? Dave Meltzer gave him his credit because Jay struggles with Dave Meltzer struggles with Jay. But it's because we know the style of wrestler that Jay White is. He's just, he's like, people say storytelling, storytelling. This guy's just all about story. Like, he's the, the most story rich wrestler in pro wrestling. He just is like mm. there isn't a thing he does that and he, he has a defensive a defensive style that Meltzer isn't no because doesn't, doesn't the, and the, but the defensive style is to demonstrate his the character his character of being yeah, this his sort knowledge of, of Okada and his yeah. knowledge of his opponents and yeah being the smarter yeah yeah and that he's not a, he's not an assertive and aggressive type he's the snake. He lies yeah. in wait and he strikes once. But if for people that are watching closely, you just see all those nuances in it. So I'm interested by, here's what I'll say. Jay White is now tweeting and on Instagram and doing all that stuff. He's doing the chaos stuff. Mm. He's doing it. It's becoming a thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, we called it. Yeah. It's, I mean, are we, I mean, he's showing show. Is he trying to hint? I think he's trying to send him off the tape, like the mole idea. He's trying to show show there. And it's like, the chaos thing is happening and it's it's been the story for Jay this entire time. And if if the if the end goal is that he, as I said, somehow turns chaos against Okada, that is a epic story because it has run a long time over a long period of time with him constantly sniping and grabbing people on the way. And he builds his own thing. I, I could I could something's happening and I feel like it's so predictable. The last time it was this predictable was Naito and he didn't win. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like we all, that Naito Okada match, that first one, everyone was convinced, right? Everyone's convinced. It was like, it's fine. They're finally doing it. They're finally doing it. They were so convinced that when they didn't do it and then when he did get it, people were convinced that that was shit compared to that when in actuality, the Naito 2021 is like one of the great moments in the history of pro wrestling yeah. and that they, they earned the right to get to that point. It feels like, this one hasn't earned the right for Okada's victory to mean as much, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like yeah. Okada has had the level of indignation to warrant beating Jay being the big thing that it should be. Like he's lost a bunch, but it doesn't feel like he's lost a bunch. It's not like when Naito kept losing to, like it doesn't feel like he has, Okada has suffered enough in this. He needs everything stripped from him before it means something to beat Jay, right? Mm. I don't know, man. I the more I think about this match, the, the more confused and stuff I get. I yeah. I mean, after chatting after chatting last week and trying to like sort of nutting out this chaos theory, the Jeff Goldblum theory. Yes, yes. They will find a way. I. How do you how do you not how do you not do something there in that space? And now now he's fucking posting about it. Mm. Yeah. Like unless like, he's trolling us. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed listener. He's just this, going. This show, yeah. This show specifically is he's trolling us. Um. But that feels like the, don't, where I the don't story think is. Yeah, I don't think the yo thing is a fucking accident, man. I just don't. 
No. I don't think the Leo Rush being from Strong and having tagged with Jay is a fucking accident. I don't think the post about, uh, you know, what did he post the other day? Chaos thing with a picture of show and all golden chaos or yeah. whatever. And yeah. You know, all the members that used to be there that aren't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think the the whole kind of spiel about Okada being a coward and how is how are you the representation of Enochiism? Like he would not support what you're doing by not defending the G1 position against Jonah. And the stuff, um, and which harkens back to the stuff he used to say over Carter when he was in chaos to Ishii saying, Ishii, you are the guy, but the reason you have never been given respect is because you've never been able to wrestle for that world title because your your faction leader is there, and yet he won't give you a match. Why won't he do that? Like, that's not really... Like, he was constantly viewing Okada as taking the easy way out, and that he viewed chaos as this space of being the people that were being held back by Okada, right? And that's That was how he framed it. And that's and so now he's lovey-lovey with Will, who's another guy yeah. who's left Okada and has seen massive success as a result of it. It's interesting, isn't it? And like even their position, like the the Instagram post he posted the other day of like, I, I guess when it was when uh, Okada invited him to join Chaos, and it's like three photos of them shaking hands, and then you know, then him talking about wanting that belt at some point, and the post that says "Begin," full stop, Chaos, full stop. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, sir? What? is he up to now what are you doing sir because chaos is coming and that idea of and it's and here's the thing here's the other thing dave i was thinking about this too is that leo and yo were calling themselves chaos we are chaos mm. they kept saying we are chaos um that's a tag i thought that's such an odd thing to say like they weren't they, that was their tag name was chaos like i was like that's an odd thing in a faction just call yourself we are chaos yeah, I was like, maybe they are, maybe they are chaos. Maybe that's the big. Maybe that's where we're headed. Our biggest shakeup is chaos is going to disband, and not only that, it's like it's become its own little faction thing. And I just, I just feel like it, the fact that Jake keeps calling back to chaos, and the night on the way that its story and the way it's going to be, and. I don't want to tie into Omega and all this stuff, but there's like there's Bullet Club of leaders of Bullet Club past are coming back in some respect. And it's like, well, where does Jay fall in this whole thing? How does it how do they negotiate that back? And maybe Jay's whole thing is as he said when Kenny invited him, the wrong guy asked. He didn't want to be with Kenny. He never did. And if Kenny somehow comes back and people have a loyalty to Kenny or whatever, he won't want to be a part of that. And he'll go back to where he did when he rejected Kenny the first time, but this time a chaos of his own making. I think that is, that is a perfect way to do it. And the yo stuff, it's not, it's, it can't be, it just can't be. And now he's like, she's like highlighting, I got show. And whenever you highlight, I got show. Now I get yo, you know, like mm. to me, the mole is a thing. It's a thing. They're going back to it and they're figuring a way to tie it back in. Cause you're Jay. It's like, well, we never did that story. It still exists. It's a narrative thread sitting out there. And if we want to do it and you want to somehow, I feel like Jay is going to get, it might've happened at Wrestle Kingdom main event. It may not happen at the end of it, but over the next, the, the two nights of the Wrestle Kingdom and dash, I just feel like something's happening there because it's an opportunity to, if here's the thing, if Jay's 
going to leave at the end of his contract in you know 18 months or whatever it is then opportunity to, to to tell a story that you can make money off of as well and like grow something from that and help everyone else along the way and if he's obviously mm. going to stay long term then you've got him projected to a brand new thing to go a new direction i just this chaos thing late is like he's literally doing a build on via twitter but he's like everyone else had an opportunity to showcase their stuff as we said like the coracans and stuff and it's like okay i better get this stuff across right now that this story is tied to me and him in chaos that's where it's tied and it all goes back to that that's my origin that's where i am and i've always been proving that i'm better than this guy and akata's done very little to promote the thing as well like both of them have just sort of done very little to promote it and it kind of says to me maybe they've done that because they want to show their hand like yeah my my view of it has always been it's so tied to the entirety of New Japan, the entirety of the card, that if you showed your hand with it too too um, you know you went a bit too ham fisted with it, that you may spoil potential directions for the entire thing, because if chaos is going to disband, that's a big change, and it's a lot of things that's going to happen, and it means that your junior title match is different. It means like there's a it means your tag title match. There's a bunch of things that could be different if that happens. Um, so let's not worry about that. The show's going to be fine based on all the other stuff that's happening. And let's do it on the night and leave everyone with a moment that people will be just shocked by, I guess, is kind of their idea. And that's Gato booking. And to do it on a Noki's tribute would be kind of nuts. But it's, I've seen, I mean, this is the guy that sent Kenner out, Kenter out during the Naito celebration. So like anything is possible. Anything's in play. Um, mm. But I, I feel like, I feel like something's up, man. And that's why it's exciting. I think as a preview, yeah. it's like there's so little to read. Like with all the undercard matches, they seem to be very structured and very clear and direction. the directions out of them and directions from them seem very clear. Um, the story's going in. These two main events have always felt like there's something going on where they're not there. There's just something going on where there's so much possibility that you don't want to contemplate too much of it because you, you end up, fantasy booking yourself as some ridiculous corner of something whereas you just have to ultimately become a fan and say all right all right lads take us on a journey see where we're going to end up really because i don't know where we're headed it's kind of like the main events are set up you've got the match for the people who love their matches like you know their wrestling matches like they you can just switch off and watch a wrestling match and then the second match is the story match. That's where the sneaky long-term story booking comes into it. Yeah, there's a story in with Kenny and Will, but this main event, I think, genuinely has the opportunity to completely shock everyone and also steal the show in many, many ways. Like, it's yeah, an Akata main event. We should, so. Exactly. We shouldn't be stunned that Akata and Jay White yeah. could somehow put on a main event that could steal the show, but yeah. it's an yeah. afterthought so far. It just mm. is. Well... So. I'm curious as to yeah, how I mean, capture us. Me too. I'll be looking very closely at that match. And uh, I mean, if if big things aren't done, well, we'll be looking at the hints for the future. Um, and I think I think that future will come quick though, Dave, because I feel like Dash will have that. I feel like if they don't do it in the main event, it's because they want to be respectful to Anoki. Mm. And then Dash the next night, they'll do something. Because the hints will be in that main event. I guarantee it. There will be stuff in there that you'll pick up and go, yep, something's up, something's up, something's up. Will it happen now? I'm not sure. But I think it's going to happen quickly because I feel like we've been – it's it's like when you can smell rain. 
you can just mm. it's in the air the smell of faction shakeup is in the air right like it's a it's abounding everywhere mm. gator comes out and turns on jay hits him with a steel chair and reforms with a carter and then limb biscuit limb biscuit song hits <laughs> yeah let's not do that angle but the, uh, that's the one thing no one's talking about it's x7 you know what I mean? It could happen. You're clearly talking about it. You've you've been making that everyone's because like, you've gone into that. numerology. Like we do yeah. conspiracy booking. You've like, yeah, they're going to call back to WWE from 2001. Trust yeah. me. X7. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. It's it's the classic. Trust us. Watch it. Like just try. If you trust the, the wholesome stiff boys, trust us that there will be something in that main event that will be the thing that will be the most important thing as we move forward. It'll be the thing that people take away from it. Yep. It'll be a double turn. Something will happen. But isn't it kind of nice to be in a main event situation where you can't, like it seems it's predictable, but how they get there, like. Yeah. I mean, that's a beauty of nothing's predictable. But that's what I'm saying. It, it feels so predictable. That's what I'm saying. It feels so predictable that it feels like that's by design. And that's the part. And then you start thinking, am I, am I, am I losing my mind by, by overthinking that aspect? That's more, I mean, it is the main event, but that's, that's the match that intrigues me the most. Yeah. And uh, which is strange given that there has been no real, real build up. Right. Kind of had to go, had to go looking for it. And um, Jay's dropping hints. And like, what that's the part mean? that's got me excited why, for it. That's the you, bit. Why would you do that? Unless because yeah, what are you trying to do? You're trying to are you, you're teasing us, Jay. You're fucking yeah. teasing us. You're honey dicking us. Yeah, well, that's like, what Jay does. He does enjoy that. But uh, but it's very specific though. It's it's specifically the chaos and it's specifically to like the mole storyline that he's just like brought out out of nowhere. Yeah, that we were talking about last fucking week. Yeah. Like if you want a full in depth discussion of that, go to our podcast last week where we go legitimately far too long into the mole talk but that's the part of it that we're looking for the hook and the narrative connection because there's going to be something like i said if, if jay is to lose if if the prediction happens then there has to be something for him out of it and if a card like that's you know what i'm saying like it, they, they protect both guys both guys will have to have key stories coming out of it so i think they go big i just feel like this year they're going big that's just my i just i felt that for the, they, they've been working so hard to get cheering for it. They've been working so hard to get a bunch of stuff for it. They're putting Mercedes on this. They do it. I feel like it's going to be this. It's going to be the re- first Wrestle Kingdom in a long time. That's the start of something, as opposed to the end. Well, yeah, and and too, you know, we talked about last week. Like uh, th- this is the main event, the the big match. So much, it's going to follow so much crazy shit something fucking for it to just be a great match i don't think it'll be enough no it'll almost almost end on a like a like a little even if the match is great like a bit of a wet fart like Mm. yeah so it's gonna be something what what, what if what if um they do the finger point finger poker doom right so jay Finger pokes Okada. Okada hits the ground. He pins him one, two, three. That happened on January fourth, didn't it? And and then they form Speaking of numerology. And then they form the Blade Rainers. <laughs> I 
I, I can see it now. I'm finally conspiracy booking with you boys. I'm doing yeah. it. You, 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 you blame maker, blade maker is right there, and you said nah. Blade rainers. <laughs> yeah. Or breathe with the rain, the rain of breathe. Yes. And and no one noticed, but I threw a movie reference in too. <laughs> Happy Wrestle Kingdom to everyone. <laughs> Was it? Is it really a movie reference? If it's referencing his exact move. It was orgasmo. Oh yeah. During the podcast, you yeah. mean? Yeah, during the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't not Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, that is also a movie reference. <laughs> that is what well, is it? Oh yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that's a perfect way to perfect way to cap and off this the episode. The second time I've mentioned Harrison Ford in the show by default. Yeah. Yeah, you make a movie references left, right, and center. Double feature red is coming soon. 2023. Yeah. It's on. Wrestle Kingdom has brought it out in him. The Blade Rainers. That's what we need. That's what we need. More Gato booking main events that don't have a lot of inherent story that we have to go looking for because Red will find movie references out of it. This is this is great stuff. He's turning us all into conspiracy bookers. 